All right, Lightning, this is the Truck Show Podcast, and I'm going to start the show because- That's uh, unusual. Right? I think I'm going to do it because uh, I have to commend you. Oh, really? Yes. You uh, did your homework, which I'm super impressed with, <laughs> uh, and you have done everything required by our friend Jordan Mulbauer mm-hmm. uh, in terms of wearing the California Sucks t-shirt and taking a photo with the Truck Show Podcast Florida Truck Meet trophy reassembled. Clap for me. Well done. Clap for me. I honestly didn't think you were going to do it. Uh, well, I had to because I like Jordan and I feel like we both failed him. It's not just me. Is that because you I'm went to that other to, uh, truck show but not his? Uh, that has nothing to do with it. Uh-huh. That has nothing to do with it. It's because we had both planned to attend Florida Truck Meet some months ago and didn't. Right. And uh, left him high and dry without hosts. Uh, for the uh, bikini contest and uh, without uh, presenters oh, for get, the... We're getting nowhere near the bikinis in the future. We have to re-earn no. that. Yeah. Uh, and I, will he ever give us a golf cart again? Oh, for sure, no. No? No, there's at <laughs> least a walking. year of hot Florida penance. <sighs> yeah, we burned that bridge. I don't know if I can go without... I don't know if I can go either. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan, let's be honest. I mean, come on. Look at us. Uh, we need a golf cart. Yeah, and a big straw hat. Mm-hmm. I got plenty of straw hats. All right. I'll bring one. I'll pack you a spare. I got a lot. I've been collecting straw hats. Well, anyway, Jordan, hopefully we can be friends again. We'd like to attend Florida Truck Meet, uh, barring, Probably. Any, barring any inconveniences in our schedule. <laughs> uh, we love you. Uh, we, we do love you. We, we, seriously, we, we listen, we're using this podcast to talk to one person right, right and, now. And tell them how sorry we are. Yeah. We are deeply sorry. We are deeply sorry. And uh, I do just, again, I, I really have to hand it to Lightning because he came through in, uh, you know, about uh, eight weeks after it was clutch and mm-hmm. uh, rebuilt the trophy. Well, so I, I brought it home because that's where the mm-hmm. tools are. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did provide me an Allen wrench, yes. which I needed. Yes. But he did not provide me any other wrench to- What to... are all those screws and all that hardware in front of you on the table? Uh, no, you don't make that up. Was that there, I used them all. There are no leftovers. I mean, it doesn't seem You're just saying loose that. and rattly, but I mean, there's a pile of hey, uh, parts A-hole. right there. There's no parts here. They're all on the trophy right there. You want me to take a close-up photo? Uh, oh, yeah, so you can cheat with a photo? Like, what are you talking dude, about? This, I'm going to hold them all right here. Those are your pens, no, by the way. No, these are all- Those, Dude, that's all a the, Sharpie and a ballpoint all the pen. Hardware. Don't try to frame me. All the hardware. Wait, it's hold built. This Those is all the hardware. Keys. No, it's the hardware for the that's trophy. That's a key for your it Ford F-150 not, no, Lightning. It is not the keys. It is all the <laughs> hardware that you were unable to put the trophy together correctly. I'm fairly mechanically inclined. I think you know that. I think fairly that. is a fairly reasonable yes. term. Well, I can put together a trophy, all right? And did. Let's change topics. We got a lot to get to on this episode 239 of the Truck Show Podcast. All right, but first, uh, let's thank Nissan. Nissan is our presenting sponsor, and the Truck Show Podcast is brought to you by NissanUSA.com, where you can build and price the Nissan truck that you've always wanted, whether that's a Frontier, a Titan, a Titan XD. They all have a bunch of great features like zero gravity seats, the Fender audio system, and the best warranty in the business five year, 100,000 miles on the Titan. If you're looking for a rugged, reliable, dependable, and capable truck, head on over to your local Nissan dealer. So out of all the products that you can find at bankspower.com, what is the most universal of them all? iDash. Ooh, the uh, little gauge that has eight screens with eight parameters each or well, something? Well, you're screwing that up. Oh. But yeah, so it's a 52-millimeter gauge, yes. 2 to 16th inch. Yes. So that is every, every hole. Every <laughs> I'll pass that by. <laughs> Easy. That's weird for me to do that, right? Uh, right, uh, okay, so, absolutely. So it fits in 
any gauge, gauge pod, hole. any gauge pod, all right? Whether it's in a Camaro, right. it's in a brand new Ram truck, whatever, uh-huh. it fits there. Five screens, up to eight parameters per screen. But how many parameters? Uh, all of them. If you put it in a gauge pod that's on your A-pillar, mm-hmm. is that mounted parameters? The point being that the iDash comes in two varieties. One is your regular old gauge. One is the data monster. Well, don't just say regular old gauge. Well, I was going to get into- It's hundreds of parameters, many of which are patented, that your dashboard can't display. Right. Regular old gauge. All the stuff you need. (laughs) Also, you can put in a uh, SD card, and Mm -hmm. you can data log for about 400 days. That's the iDash data monster. Yes. There's the iDash super gauge. Yes. And the iDash data monster. not the iDash normal gauge. Regular gauge. It's not- It's the super gauge. It's the super gauge. Here's what I love about the iDash. It is the super gauge. Here's what I love about the iDash. Not only is it compatible with OBD2, where it can pull out all sorts of parameters Mm -hmm. from your system, but there's also mechanical inputs for it. So if you've got an older vehicle that has things like mechanical oil pressure or or water temp, things like that, you can actually use an analog to digital conversion where the gauge can pick that up, which is super awesome if you have an older vehicle and you still want to use the iDash. I mean, we did that in your new Jeep, by the way. We used a four-channel analog module in your Jeep for intercooler temperature. Well, then I have amazing, <laughs> exceptional not even know that? experience with this, and I can tell you firsthand that it works great. So if you have a supercharged Jeep with an intercooler or mm-hmm. almost any other vehicle out there and you need an awesome gauge that is super, not regular, head over to bankspower.com. And then after you have all the data about your engine, you're going off-road and getting lost. And the best way to get yourself found after you've been lost out in the desert, the wilderness, the woods, the mountains, is Onyx Maps. That's right, because uh, Onyx Maps has thousands of off-road trails, feature trails, public and private land info. You can save maps for offline use. A 3D mode, you can customize with markups, track, save, share trips. You can also sync with CarPlay, Android Auto. And on top of that, one change on one device changes your entire account. Check out some of these reviews right here. Five stars. Saved my life. This app literally saved my life last night. I was so far from camp when the rain came out of nowhere, I was able to use the offline map I created of the area before I lost cell service to navigate me and my family back to safety. And this five-star review. Five-star review! Five-stars! Best moto app around. Killer app. Easy to use and share routes with friends. And then one more. Five-stars right here. Great app. Been using Onyx for a couple years now, and it's a game-changer for traveling off the beaten path. I definitely recommend. There's nothing out there that matches its ease of use and comprehensive coverage. This is the mapping software that you should have if you're uh, going off-road. So head over to onyxmaps.com. You can sign up for a membership or a subscription. Use Truck Show as your discount code. And then you can also download the app and access your account from either Google Play or the Apple App Store. The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck. Because truck rides with truck show we have the lifted we have the lowered and everything in between we'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline the truck show the truck show the truck show it's the truck show with your hosts lightning and holman hey that's us that is us all right holman what are we doing first what's uh what's up on deck what do you want to get to? Uh, well, we have a guest coming into the studio, uh, but we also have, didn't you have some weirdo LS swap thing? Uh, yeah. As a matter of fact, I was at Cars and Coffee down in San Clemente, California, which is the longest running weekly car show 
I think, on the planet, and I ran into this guy. Lightning Truck Show podcast out at South Orange County Cars and Coffee. Who am I with? Ken. Ken, tell me about this Toyota that appears to have, unless I'm on crack, it appears to have an LS under the hood. Yeah, it's a 89 Toyota pickup with a turbocharged 5.3 out of a Tahoe. <laughs> That's hero status, my friend. <laughs> I wanted something crazy, and I've had this truck since it was new. My parents bought it brand new in 89, so I kept it, learned how to drive stick, and developed into this crazy monster. How? When did that start? When they first gave it to you, or take me back to the beginning? Uh, I started learning to drive it in 2012 in high school. Uh, drove it with its four-cylinder and its five-speed manual for my so- sophomore, junior, senior year. Parked it for a little bit after I graduated uh, just to build up some money. And uh, 2016, end of 2015 is when I started this project. Got it running at the end of 2016, naturally aspirated, just driving it around with a stupidly loud muffler. And then... Uh, did you get any tickets? Surprisingly not. What? I was really surprised. I did not get you it. live t- in Orange County? Orange County. Okay, that's rare. Yeah, I know. It's really rare. <laughs> 2018, uh, got an itch for more power, saved up for a turbocharger, and just started adding pieces as I could afford it. All built in the backyard, me and my dad, just with the limited budget we had. Tell me, where did you get the engine? The engine I bought from a gentleman that buys them uh, from a salvage yard, pulls them out, him and his dad, and then he sells them out of his house. So I got the motor, transmission, wiring, everything for three grand. Blew up the transmission once I boosted it on eight pounds and then put a 4-Lady in it, and this is how it's been. Ever the original since. trans was from the Tahoe or no? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just original two-wheel drive, 4 60 Okay. Only a 30K on it, but it couldn't hold second gear. <laughs> how did you get the, you said it's a 4L80 now? Yeah, 4 How did you stuff it in this single-cab short-bed Toyota? Uh, just cu- uh, Well, it's the same thing as the 4060. I had to cut and section the trans tunnel, so I just lifted it about two inches. And trans transmission actually mounted to the stock Toyota 5-speed mount. Really? Yeah, so everything was really simple and straightforward. Motor was very, very simple to mount. I just went online, measured the frame, went online and bought a set of universal mounts that fit that frame width and cut them and welded them in. All right, let's go to the uh, under the hood over here. Come on over. I see some Phytech, so you've got uh, electronic uh, fuel injection. Yeah, electronic fuel injection from Phytech. Their uh, new Oz injection fuel injectors, uh, Turbonetic 75 mil turbo. Other than that, everything else is pretty much stock. That's a good size turbo. I understand why you blew up the trans. Yeah, it's a little. Well, on eight pounds, I was hoping it would last a little bit longer, but it didn't. So you've actually got a surprising amount of room under the hood here. Yeah, it fit really well, especially naturally aspirated. I was able to fit long tubes and everything on it. It fit really well, and uh, I just couldn't say no to more power. How does it work with getting smogged? That's a secret. I'm going to have to keep to myself (laughs) on that one. That is, it's funny walking around cars and coffee here. I would say 70% of the cars here are illegal. Maybe more. Yeah, I mean, it depends. It depends on what the definition of illegal is. In well, California, they've expanded that to be quite a bit. Pretty much, even a muffler swap is illegal at this point. <laughs> All right, take us inside and let's look. I see you've uh, got a roll cage in here. Yeah. Uh, it- By the way, it's not illegal to replace a muffler, so that's not no. entirely accurate. No, it's not. Uh, also, why don't you just take the plates off of it? That's a great question. I and guess you could just put a shop plate on it. You're in a private parking lot, right? Yeah. There's, why? Uh, I don't think that could stop. It's considered public. I think a cop could waltz in and and still ticket you. And 
you know, if the hood's open, no, you but have I'm a just, VIN plate but, but I'm just visible. saying, who cares? Take your license plate off while it's there so that somebody doesn't take it, a picture of it and somebody sees it and then reports yeah, I mean, that's a good idea. It. That's what he should be doing. Right. And who knows if it's illegal. If that vehicle, if the engine is newer, which it is, than the, the engine that came out, then it meets a different emissions requirement. It should be cleaner. And no, if it was no, 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 and, no. I mean, and dude, it was no. done correctly, no way. He's got turbos on it. There's why? No, why are you trying to out him? I'm, I'm trying, not to trying to save to the him. guy from I, himself. I, I didn't give you him. did this interview, and now I feel horrible because you. <laughs> and I'm sitting here trying to save the whole thing. And you're you're, no, trying, it's totally total. No, I just think it's I. I'm <sighs> in this. So you know how you always have to apologize about being not being in an EV homer? Mm-hmm. It happens in every show. Mm-hmm. I have this weird fixation on this, maybe because I'm in the industry, mm-hmm. and I'm surrounded by all the guys in Dieselgate, right? All the mm-hmm. guys that are deleting and all that stuff. It's a fascinating topic for me. Like, But why are you outing like we're, a guy? We're all, I'm not outing him. I didn't give his license plate on the air. I didn't say it's Vin. You said where to find him. It's a pretty pretty visible vehicle. What do you mean where to find him? I didn't even say yeah in the town. I didn't right. say he lives there. At cars and coffee, but he's, which happens at the same place at the same time every week. I go I almost every Saturday. I've never seen. This is the first time I'm I saw him. That's why I interviewed saying. him. All right. Well, it's a good interview, but I just feel like we may have done him a disservice. I do a lot of people disservice. <laughs> so the moral of the story is do not get to know Lightning. Uh, just don't inter- be interviewed by me. Point roll cage for uh, uh, regulation for drag racing. Have you dragged it? Yes, I have. You've been up to what, Irwindale or down to San Diego? I went to uh, Vegas for LS Fest. Oh, nice. I bet I got a good response there. Oh, yeah, I got a really good response there. It's, uh, Larry Chen took video of it. 1320 video took took a couple video. and Only Larry Chen. Yeah, only Larry Chen. <laughs> So yeah, it, it, it got a good uh, a good amount of uh, views and likes on this truck. Okay, I see a TCI shifter. I see now. What is this lever here? Is that it? That's parachute. You got a parachute in here. Yeah, I got a parachute. The brackets behind the plate, so I can just throw it on and ready for the track. Okay. Most of the dash looks like it's all intact, original. No stereo anymore. We've got a bunch of uh, toggle switches above where the stereo would be. Yep. You've got a uh, an MPI. Looks like a Momo to me, but a steering wheel. Now, what are the buttons on either side? So your thumbs on both. Uh, what, what does this activate? Right button is for the trans brake, and left button is for the bump box to stage. And you've got uh, Kirky seats here. These are what five point harness seats? Yeah, five point harness seats. The Kirkies are a little hard on the tailbone, but I, I, I could care less. I drive this thing everywhere. I drive it to Vegas. I drive it to Tucson. I drive it everywhere. Is this a daily or just for shows? I, it used to be my daily, but where I currently work, no. It, it, right now, it's ma- uh, mainly my Friday, Saturday, Sunday drive around vehicle. Oh, 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 oh! I'm sorry, I misunderstood. He's visiting from Arizona. Got it. All right, continue. <laughs> And what's under, so you've got in the bed here, the roll cage goes down at a 45-degree angle out of the glass, back into the bed. I'd imagine it's for stiffening, but yeah, also stiffening. this is probably hiding something under. I heard that drivetrain was for stiffening also. <laughs> Thank you. Good night. These these panels, these aluminum panels here? Um, I mainly just use it for storage because I still use this truck. I put chairs in here. I'll put groceries. I'll put anything in here. So... So it doesn't have a fancy fuel cell or anything? Oh, no, it does. It has a 15-gallon fuel cell here. It's got the battery over here, and it's got an ice tank over there. Ice tank on the driver's side. Got yep, it. for the uh, okay. intercooler. And you're running, these are not slicks, but these are They're definitely aggressive DOT tires. DOT slicks. Uh, DOT slicks. Yeah, DOT slicks, so I can still drive them on the street. Gotcha. And Ah, so something is legal on it. Well done, sir. <laughs> 
Gotcha. And they provide way more traction than my old tires. Let's go around back here. Okay. And where push off, what is this lever sticking out of the passenger side of the bumper? Electric cutoff switch. So if I get into a crash and I'm unconscious, uh, safety crew can come over and hit the switch and it'll kill the truck if it's still running. Gotcha. Cable is for the parachute, for the release lever. And that's pretty much it back here. Other than that, I mean, I, I tow a trailer with it. I intended this truck to be driven for Hot Rod Drag Week, Rocky Mountain Race Week. I have yet to do them, but I, that's what I built this truck for. And what's the quickest it's been down the track, quarter and eighth? Uh, eighth is 6.3 at, uh, I can't remember the mile an hour, but quarter right now, with because I had a boost leak up in Vegas, it was 10.3 at 132. That's still that's that's crazy fast for a little Toyota. Yeah, so it should be a, yeah! a high nine because now I found the boost leak. It was dropping like seven pounds at the top end, so it should be a nine second turn. Where was the boost leak? Boost leak was uh, the couplers going through the bumper because uh, I didn't want any of the charge pipes to be exposed or visible to anybody, so they're running behind the bumper and uh, the couplers were a little loose. So that'll do it. Yep. It's an amazing condition, too. Like, your family has, has kept it up. Oh, yeah. It's been my dad's truck to go from our house to L.A. He's taken really good care of it. Then I took over it and immediately turned it into a boy's truck, lowered it, wheels, tires, drove it like that for a while. And it's just been in this condition ever since. I Dude, don't you like beating my stuff you down. you got about 30 people around the truck right now at Cars and Coffee. Yep. Does it feel good? Oh, yeah, it feels good. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I love taking it out. I love people seeing it and, and loving the build. Um just uh i love the i really like the love overall it's really cool has it popped up in like someone's feed that you didn't expect not quite yet but i mean i with gas pricing like that i haven't really been driving it as much but i'm sure it's popped up in somebody's feed i just don't know yet like uh like the signatures on the intake manifold that's uh david uh, freiberg and mike finnegan signatures from roadkill because i i've been following them forever so you now share something with them because uh, they've been on the show about 10 times oh really yes. <laughs> that's awesome yeah, yeah uh, mike loved the truck freiberg loved it and he gave me a whole bunch of pointers to, on stuff to do to get ready for drag week and everything I've taken it to a bunch of their events, and uh, I'm taking it this year to uh, Duct Tape Drags in Tucson. Nice. So I'll get to see him again and get to have some fun. Maybe get a nine-second out of it if I can. If it's not too, too hot out there. If you, Mike would steal the keys from you. Oh, I'm sure he would. I'm sure he would. He, he, uh, Stab Fab, he has a 2J in his. Mike was digging on his so much. I'm sure he would have taken the keys and drove all the way back to Georgia with it. <laughs> well, congratulations. Uh, beautiful truck. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. you got it. So there you go. Very nice. Did he fire it up for you? No, he didn't. I mean, you're not supposed to fire. It's kind of like uh, the etiquette down there at Cars and Coffee is you just yeah, but you don't, you don't run it. I know. You, but got, you got media. You should be able to do that kind of stuff. I wanted to hear it. I feel like we've... we've This reviewer was left cold. I'm sorry. I, uh, yeah, I don't want to be that guy down there because every time someone you didn't have to rev it, car, I just wanted to hear it start up. Uh, I should have. You're right. I'm sorry. I should have. Hmm. Hmm. Do yes. better. Yeah, next time. Uh, if there's a next I have, time, sir. I have a difficult time doing better, <laughs> <laughs> uh, or even doing this this status quo. <laughs> Either way, that, that is also hard. So, Holman, I'm looking to my right, and there's a humanoid-like figure in this building with us. I'm not. Yeah, this th- never happens anymore. Yeah, hold on. Let me make sure he's real. Nope. Yep. I don't think he likes you touching him like that. Shoulder. That's super odd. <laughs> no, I'm okay. He's with bigger it. than you. He's gonna punch if, you. No, if, he's not. If I'm okay with uh, people uh, choking me and stuff in jujitsu, I'm sure I'm okay with him touching me. I was, oh, look, I, that's your opening right well, there, Lightning. I, I was hardly like <laughs> choking him. You know what I'm saying? I, I want to see him choke you. I actually pay to do that. Wow. Funny story. Lightning too. will do it for free. I was I was in Arizona golfing and uh, uh, we joined up with Rocco Media, the professional golfer. Okay. So I'm w- with him and a couple other guys, and I'm not that good a golfer. So I'm like, hey. 
I'm just going to watch. And he's like, no, 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 I didn't join up with you, so you would quit and all that. Wow, he and, threw um, the quitter card early. Yeah, and uh, he goes, well, what do you do for fun? I said, jiu-jitsu. He's like, oh, you got to teach me how to choke some of these guys. <laughs> so at the end of the round, I taught him how to rear naked choke, and he put me in it and then posted it on Wait, his what, Instagram. Wait, what did you teach did him? Did you pass out? How to, how to do a rear naked choke. No, I tapped. What's, what's, <laughs> a, what's a rear naked choke? It's what does a, that even look like? It's a move He'll show you. Yeah. He'll show you. You want to do it on me? Don't Dude, choke me, but yeah. You'll, he'll drop me. you to the ground. No, no, really Be don't ready. do it, but I am curious. You can put me in it, but just don't Be choke ready. me How out. about this? How about this? Yeah. Let me tap you out. No. Yeah, I'll hit the no, bell no, when no, I think it's no, time. Listen, I seriously don't because I have to do the rest of the show. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to put the headphones on. No, the, be- the beauty is it's the Yeah. Okay, so right. he's yeah. standing behind me. So yeah, right. he is. You, you put yep. arm until your elbow gets yeah. in the middle. Oh, that would suck. And then I put it here. Oh. Take it. Oh, my God. Wait, do you need to get a picture? I got a picture. Wait, let me see the picture. Hold on. This this is lightning being choked out. Oh no, we can't see by, his face. By the way, by no. Josh Nickel from DZ, we know, should probably exactly. introduce our guest. Wait, 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 you can't see my face. Here, choke him out again. We got to take a picture. But, yeah, hold on. Wait, but this time, it, do look, it for real. You, you got to look at the camera though. Where Josh? You got to see the camera. Okay. Where's the camera? There you go. <laughs> Oh my god. So let me tell you something. I would be like so when, so I, when I was in the police academy, they taught us how to do that stuff, right? And so my cousin Eric, yeah. big old dude, like three. 60, 380, big giant dude. He's like, you can't do that. So it was like, I want to say Christmas or something or Easter. I don't know. Some right. some family gathering. So I jumped on his back because he was bigger than me and choked him from behind. He dropped straight to his knees in front of everybody. I'm like, yeah, that's, that works. <laughs> and people think, it, people think it hurts. It doesn't It doesn't. Hurt. You just go to sleep. You, you're just blocking the carotid artery. And you so go I'm, like this. I'm <clears throat> physically just shutting now, off. Now, hold on. <clears throat> but you got whatever in my throat. So it yeah. it didn't hurt. But Listen, it was we don't like, need to go there, Lightning. Yeah. No, no, no. But like, <laughs> it didn't hurt. But it was like, I mean, yeah, you can't, you stop in there for breathing too for a second. Uh, you, you shouldn't. It should all be blood. Yeah. It should all be blood. But. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, welcome back. Uh, Josh Nickel from uh, DZ. Dude, it's been a while since yep. uh, you've been here. Mm-hmm. And actually, this is your first time in studio. It is yeah. first time are, are in studio. Are you stoked? He's the first person to like, almost ever choke me out. O- almost choked me out on the air. Uh, on the air. Interesting. I'll, I'll have to review. Write the, that down. I'm going to review the play <laughs> on that one. So yeah, uh, you were out here on uh, work, and you said, "Hey, I want to be on the podcast again." And we said, eh, "Okay, yeah, I'm that was great." You were out here visiting some distributors of yours, correct? Yeah, some very good customer of ours out here, and, uh, and you know, it, did a little jujitsu while I was here, and then I'm nice. going to do this, and then tomorrow do some training sessions uh, with them, and then fly back home to Iowa. By the uh, way, Iowa, the uh, the home of the world's best truck stop and the land of the free, and biggest, the land of the free. biggest, the biggest, yeah. Biggest, yeah. yeah. Oh, which, I- wait, Oh, I eighty. Yeah. Oh my God, I love the I eighty catalog. Oh, dude, it's so there good. There is so much chrome in that catalog. Dude, and there's a museum there, and there's uh, the restaurant there. A Dairy Queen. And there's that big giant like room that has everything chrome and LED you could yeah. want for a bigger trucks in there. Yeah, yeah it's awesome. It's, a, it's quite the quite the place. It is. It is epic. So you guys know DZ for truck accessories, but I don't think that you we Holman and I could not grasp, can't grasp how massive DZ is and how many offerings you have. Here, let's put it this way. Varied breadth of vehicles. Let's put it this way. A lot of you listening to the show right now, whether you know it or not, have DZ on your truck. There's a pretty good possibility, yeah. Let's give some examples of things they may not realize they have. So, Uh, How about if you have a Nissan Frontier with a sidestep? That has like the lower steps on it that you mm-hmm. could use to access the little hoop. Yeah, yep. yeah, we do that. Uh, how about if you had a certain high performance, full size off road truck that has a big uh, running board that's covered in bed liner that has a logo and some slits in it? Mm-hmm. 
that could be. You might have a DZ product on your... And even your some not high-performance uh, SUVs that uh, wanted to pretend like they were high-performance. <laughs> so they put that style board on there. There you go. First off, tell us about the company. DZ, when you go to the website, right, is D-E-E-Z-E-E.com, correct? correct? Correct. Okay. You see a lot of parts, but it... like I'm, as, as cool as the website is and it's great shopping experience, it doesn't speak to the million square feet that you own. Yeah, so um, the the product that you would see on DZ.com or in the aftermarket at like a four-wheel parts or a mom-and-pop truck store is our original uh, 1977 DZ branded stuff. Um, we've got about 900, 950 uh, SKUs in that, that line um, that most people would know for the running boards and the toolboxes, cab racks, liquid transfer tanks, things like that. Um, but we also do something for pretty much every OEM in the world. So we're first and foremost a large-scale manufacturer. Like you said, just over a million square feet. Um, I think we're somewhere around 1,100 employees what's, today. What's a million square feet? Do you know what that is in acres? Like oh. if somebody understood, like, should I search that? Well, yeah. a million square feet to I, acres? I don't know what it is, but I, when I was at Eibach, the spring company. Great great company. Used them great. a lot back in the day. In the yeah, sport yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I think they're going to be a guest on my uh, Civic SI. I think hey. they're going to be a guest on an upcoming episode. Yeah. Oh, good. 99 SI? Uh, I had a 2000 okay. because it took me a year to save up my money after the okay. 99 came out. So my wife got a 99 SI. Wait, what, which color? Blue. So the blue I was going to get, so it came in three colors. It came in flamenco black pearl. It came in, I can't remember, the blue of... Uh, cool. I'll, think, I'll think of it. And then so it came funny in, that you guys can remember color names. So... so. I was going to get blue, and I worked for Norm Reeves Honda at the time, and they had one in their showroom, and I was going to buy that car until I walked in, the sun had set when we went to do the deal, and under the fluorescent lights, it looked purple. Uh, and I'm like, can't do it. Well, it was for my wife, so, so it was cool. No, it's, it's, you know, it's a cool color. Uh, she, she was down in Texas at the time, banging those gears, uh, had a Jackson Racing Supercharger, so it was heat oh, soaked. Oh, dude. It was heat soaked oh, all the time. Yeah. Um, our shop car, I owned a shop down there at that time. Our shop car had a, early on in the turbo days, so we had a turbo, and but my wife, uh, my, shout out to my wife. She God, actually taught me how to drive my, my, By the way, my wife wants a hatchy so bad. She yeah. wants a Civic hatchy. And she's like, if you find one, I will buy it. I don't care. I, I'm, and I'm looking at our driveway, and I'm like, I took up all the spaces, and I'm like, <laughs> where am I going to put I this? I have no idea. I'm, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to like pave the grassy area in front of my house. But um, mine was flamenco black pearl. I had an RSR exhaust. Okay. I got it from Japan. It was the last one before the distributor pulled out. Okay. I had a CompTech icebox and DC okay. four into two into one headers. I had DC headers. I had DC uh, headers <laughs> on my Accord. My yeah. ninety four Accord. I I had Apex. Uh, shout out to Shitoshi. Yeah. Uh, we used to buy our, our Apex Eye from uh, from here in Cali to yep. ship down to Texas, but I had Apex. Well, Ape, Jackson, I was an Apex guy. Jackson Racing was just up the road in Westminster from where I grew up in Huntington Beach, and I always aspired to have a Jackson Racing supercharger. And yeah. I just, Everyone I did. Now, I couldn't afford it. So Jackson Racing, for those of you guys that were in the scene in the 90s in yeah. that import scene, he, from what I understand, leveraged everything to build his that first supercharger, yeah. like funny. he was making really great parts, and then kind he of the was part- the Roush of the Honda imports for blowers right. and stuff. And right? big yeah, money. Was, I mean, yeah. the, the castings and things to do that supercharger back then. That was yeah. big. And I, I think that, that blower happened. was what twenty five hundred bucks or something like it that. Maybe a little uh, more. Yeah. I don't know, but like the, us as fans at that time, we're like, uh oh. If this doesn't work, his business is over. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So we, I owned a little shop uh, down there. Funny story. Down where? Down in Waco, Texas. My wife moved down there. The to home of to, Dr. Pepper, yes, by the way. To, to go to Baylor. Uh, mm-hmm. And I moved down there and started a shop building Sport Compact. There was no Sport Comp in, in Texas at the time. It was all LS, right? Yep. We're in a strip mall next to a, a grocery store. And uh, 
we let a guy come and sell race fuel. And okay. I would help him at the at the drag strips on the weekend. Okay. So at any given time, we probably had 150 to 300 gallons of race fuel yeah. in this little shop that if the fire marshal ever found out, <laughs> we'd say, well, his name is Nitro. Cat melting uh, yeah. race fuel. Yeah, right? his, uh, his name was Nitro Dave, and now he <laughs> owns it was. Nitrous Outlet, which is Nitrous Express's oh, largest okay. customer. Oh, my God, yes. And we drove my 96 Honda Civic hatchback to Wichita Falls, Texas to buy his first load of nitrous express and you know six kits later he was a dealer and we drove it all back in my little hatchback that's what it took to be a dealer and I, now he's their biggest customer i, I believe he's still his biggest customer i'm gonna find this photo because i just came across it yesterday and i had no idea that we were gonna like go down this road of all of us like loving reminiscing in the beginning yeah yeah, I had a eight, my first car was an '87 uh, Accord LXI. That's mm-hmm. my first car. It was pop up headlights. Blue. blue. Mine was uh, gray. Yeah, gray and it, it, mine when I bought it on the lot, it had the little uh, check valve issue. We're going. Mm, oh yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. Mm. So I got a great deal on it. But that was my first. Uh, with the uh, 13-inch alloys? Yeah. Yep. God, no, I kind of else had a carburetor. Was, so I had an 84 Accord hatchback, and then I got a 90. You had the carbur- quad headlights with carburetor, carburetor. Sure and did. 400 my, vacuum lines. Yeah, mine was EFI. <laughs> it was awful. I had hella lights, fog lights that hung yeah. down You also below. had hella problems, too. Hella problems. Yeah, no, it was, yeah. Uh, it was a five And speed. the Accord wasn't one? It was yeah. gu- No, it wasn't. It was gutless. <laughs> I was so jealous because a lot of my, my friends in high school had the 90 Accord, and it looked so much better. The problem with Yeah, but the problem with the 90 Accord, if you remember, so the 89 SE. I had the 14 inch wheels and looked way better, had yeah. leather, but the 90 had those mouse little uh, A pillar seat belts yeah. that everybody hated. And it's Dude. like, it looked good, but. And then the rich kids all had Integras. Everybody yes, had yeah, Integra. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Well, yep. my, uh, my Civic, I had Integra Type R uh, suspension on it with KYBs and, yeah. and spring, but I kept the SI wheels on it yeah. and did a plus zero on the tire size yeah. and did like Bridgestone Potenzas and yeah. a big suspension techniques, two into one sway bar, tie bar combo in the back. Yeah. Dude, that thing was so neutral. I would go out and do track days at Button Willow, and I could drift it in the corners. And I would pass the Volkswagen 1.8 Jettas and 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 the V6 Mustangs, and they'd smoke me in the straight. And I here comes this little black Civic around, like yeah. yeah. We all had suspension techniques back in the day. Yeah, and that, I, I had Fittipaldi awesome. 17s on okay. that thing. Yeah. Somebody oh in the gosh. off-road industry years ago, I came across him, and he was the dude who designed that sway bar tie bar combo. And I can't remember who it is now. And he worked for an off-road. And he's like, oh dude, you had one of those on your Civic. I'm like, yes, I designed that. And I wish for the life of me I could remember who that was. Because it just mm. remind. I remember when I put that. The up. Guy's probably still in the industry. Yeah, of course he probably, is. Maybe yeah. he listens to the show. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I got. I got to find this photo. If you, if you if you do stuff like that, you usually stick around forever because yeah. you, you're doing you're doing what you love. You know. How did you get into the import scene back then? Uh, I grew up in that. You know, I went to high school. You know, 90, 94, 95, 96, 97, You know, graduated in ninety eight, and that was just the thing to do, right? Uh, I grew up in Wichita, Kansas. A uh, lot of Vietnamese friends, um, so they were all into sport compacts. Um, I think I did my first uh, GSR swap in like. 96, 97 yeah, into a 93 hatchback, um, you know, and it was just, uh, it was the coolest thing, man. You could you could swap a GSR into a, a Civic and, and go and beat up on some of the LS. The, I always like the B18 swaps, though, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, the GSR, man. Or the, uh, the what was it, Hasport? Did the, uh, the, yeah, the mounts. D22 mounts? Yeah. You yeah. put the bigger Accord engine and stuff? and We would drive down to so Dallas and in, in, Ennis, uh, you know, some of those early pioneer days of uh, like Kenny Tran and Vietnam and those guys yep. doing swaps. Kenny, Kenny and uh, Tony the, at T1 that builds all the Nissans actually did our first uh, turbo kit at Jotec in Dallas. So, um, And that's how I started DZ is I actually uh, in 03 
uh, when Ron hired me, uh, I moved from Kansas City, and we can get into the depths of the story, but I started a sport compact line for DZ called, really? called Pit Performance Import Trends, and we would do, we did some exhaust, we did some headers, and we kind of, you know, that 03, 04 was the tail end of the sport compact side of stuff, but it, it launched us um, from that and showing at SEMA a couple of years to doing, I think we did like 14 uh, SPT uh, parts for Subaru. So the, so the Subaru performance brand that really? you would go to the dealership and buy, we did an- So in, that was you guys, That huh? was us. We did the intake. We did- uh, How did you get that account? Like, so we, we were already- Hustling. We, yeah, we were already selling Subaru uh, dog guards for the back of Impre- uh, or Foresters and those type things. And so after we, we built a couple cars uh, for the pit line, they gave us a couple cars for SEMA. They gave us an STI. They gave us a wagon. And we built those. And that kind of just snowballed into, hey, we think we can sell some of these. And man, I think we sold like fifteen or twenty thousand of oh those Lord. of those intakes and the strut tower bars and the turbo heat shields. And I mean, we launched like I said, fourteen probably products for them um, over two or three, four years. And then the sport compact kind of faded out. You know, right. I think my last my last hurrah was my I had an Evo eight. So, so okay, so oh, that obviously, was, obviously that's a nice Evo car. is awesome. But yeah. what was the impetus for you leaving the import scene for me? I had my 87 Accord LXI, then it jumped into a 94 Ranger Splash that I bought used that was awesome. So step side, but it had the four liter and the buckets, the sport buckets, all that. And then it got crashed when I turned left and a lady had her blinker on, plowed right in the side of me. So then that thing gone. So then I went back to the Civic Si, I bought that brand new from the dealer. And then after I put the ITR springs and everything on it, I'm like, I'm tired of slowing down for speed bumps. Mm. And at that time I was going through uh, the police academy and they were like, hmm, that car lowered? You got tin on that car? And all, it was just like a magnet for cops back then. And I'm like, that's probably not a great look. So then I got into my 2002 Ranger FX4 Level 2. Yeah. And then I just didn't go back. I still love the import stuff, but I just I stayed in the off-road world. So similar kind of trajectory where I had the Accords, the Civics. Then I got in, I think, I feel like so many sport compact guys aspire to have M3s or 5 Series or- They grew up. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. They, you yeah. grow up, you still want that feel, right? And BMW is that natural progression, or you always wanted a BMW. If you're bougie. Series. If you're bu- well, like, no, but like staying at Toyota with that crazy 88. Yeah. There you go, That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah, everyone knows Stan. We, we yeah. can't afford those things. No, right? So then- I ended up getting the five series. I got a five forty, and we and I went to uh, to to Vic and, and and we supercharged it. Okay, and or Nick, I should say, supercharged it. And then um, I think at that point it was all Schnitzered out. I had Schnitzer from head to toe. Yeah, it was actually a CC car. So they were distributor right. for C. Right there, yeah, there uh, proof. There it is. Nice. Yeah. My old Civic on track day, got my helmet it. on it. Oh, you look so fresh. Dude, I know, right? We, we thought we were so cool when we were yeah, started dude. running Civics yeah. fast enough dude. in the quarter mile where they required a helmet. When, we thought we had made it, man. We had to have a helmet. Dude, it was funny because like, you would be dating at the time, and you know, at least in SoCal, it was all about what you drove, right? And so girls- It was that way everywhere, just so we're clear. Right. So, so in my world, it was like- you know, you'd be at a party. Oh yeah, what kind of car do you have? Oh, I have a Civic, and then they were super unimpressed until they saw it was a brand new Civic that yeah. was nice. Yeah, and they're like, "Oh, look, you got a Civic. This guy's got his yeah. shit together. Yeah. You know? <laughs> he can pay some bills. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. 
pays the bills. Yeah, I don't know that a, did a Civic ever really impress. Yes, I did. did well, heck I did. Yeah. well oh, yeah. if, if the girl knew, then yeah. she knew, and yeah. it was cool. Cause... Well, we had a lot of you know girls who were into the import scene, and they For all had sure. hatchies and stuff like that, and yeah. maybe they had like an engine swapped hatchie or a, a you know. You could always buy like the HX, the high fuel economy yep. one that was all lightweighted, and then you'd put CVT a, transmission. Yeah, yeah, but but you take Sucked. out, you put a do a B eighteen swap, sure. and you put the five speed in, and that thing was a little rocket. And I knew some girls who did that kind of stuff, and you're like, yeah, I'll hang with you for sure. Yeah, it was, yeah, that my, was a fun my, scene. My wife, uh, she hung out at the shop a lot. And, you know, she was going to Baylor and stuff, but she had black and blue two tone leather. She had wheels. It was lower style. I mean, she she yeah. All right. So. By the way, uh, you, we were just talking about your million square foot warehouse. Yeah, how I many? What you did the twenty three acres. Okay. Oh my god. Twenty three yeah. acres. Oh, the reason I brought up Ibach earlier is because I, when I was in Ibach years ago, and they had just built this is over a decade ago, maybe two, when they bought that building in Corona, Corona California, right it was three hundred thousand square feet. And that and was a like, big deal. And I was like, oh my god, this yeah. place is gargantuan. Yeah, for sure. Since then, I've been in Toyo Nitto and all the, those yeah. places that are probably half a million square well, feet. And, but and a million all, is massive. Well, literally, it looks like the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Just where he's forever. wheeling the go- you know in the government warehouse, he's wheeling the the ark in a crate. That's like what DZ looks like. From I, w- the I wish we were like because I think is I, the ark actually in Iowa? It might be. <laughs> uh, we do have a lot of cornfields, but uh, I wish we were all under one roof. Um, yeah. we're we're broke up in about five or six campuses there in the Des Moines metro area. Uh, How far away is it? Like in one general area, or do you have to? No. So the, the, our you know our main plant, our our Broadway facility, our OEM plant, our aftermarket warehouse are all within probably five minutes of each other. Um, our extrusion plant and our aftermarket warehouse is all right there. Um, and then in Pleasant Hill, Iowa, we have all our stamping facility and our new roof-structured uh, facility. Um, Man. So, so I'm not, I'm I'm not, I'm not fully understanding the, the, the timeline of DZ. Okay. So walk me through that because they've got their core line that dates back to the 70s. 1977, yeah. So, so we started in 1977. I think they took 12 or 13 SKUs to SEMA that year. Uh, being bright tread running boards, and who was the they? Um, so Denny Elwell uh, was the uh, is the D, um, and then there was a, a guy. You know, these are all stories that you yeah. hear, so I'll, I'll tell it the best I can. There was a guy named Zane um, that was a partner, so that was where the D and the Z came from. And I think a, a, the story that I was told a couple weeks into it, uh, Zane's dad told him it was never going to work to get out. <laughs> So he sold his shares. Oh. Um, and then Denny Elwell sold it. Uh, Denny sold it to Lancaster. For sure, yeah. Uh, Denny sold it to Lancaster Colony, which is a food company out of Ohio in, in the late 80s. A food company? Because yeah. they, they need a manufacturing space? They, 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 well, you know. Or to diversify in the portfolio just because? I think they had so much money. Oh, yeah. They, they, they needed, needed to they, be parked somewhere. Yeah, the, the story that I heard was that when, uh, so Ron Shivers, who owns it now, became president. Uh, when they went up there and took a tour of Lancaster, uh, they showed them uh, one of the ranch salad dressing lines, which you might have heard of, T. Marsetti's. Okay. Uh, said, well, yeah, this line probably bought your company in a month. Oh, my <laughs> Wow. Lord. That's a lot of ranch dressing. That's a lot of ranch dressing. Yeah. So, um, and then in 2008, when the economy tanked and it was uh, $4 gas and yeah, yeah. it wasn't cool to have a truck accessory line yeah, anymore, yeah, yeah. Lancaster sold that back to Ron, who was the president and had run DZ. Um, and how big was it around that time? Meaning, I, I, I know you can't share like how many millions of dollars you were yeah. moving, but I like, mean, it was hundreds okay. of millions then. Okay. Um, so it's a big company. That is a huge um, company. Uh, Jay, who at the time uh, was the, the CEO of, Lanca- or, uh, yeah, of Lancaster, wanted Ron to have it. Uh, Ron had really been there since the beginning. Him and, uh, like again, Denny owned it originally, and a, a gentleman named Charlie Brinlin, who was on the SEMA board for a lot of years and very involved, we lost him last year, so uh, 
rest in peace, Charlie. We love you. They ran it originally, and then um, when they sold it to Lancaster, Ron became president and had been running it since the late 80s. And, and it's essentially a family-run business of the family, day. Family-run business, yeah. 95, 98% of your products made right here in the USA. Yep. Well, well, hold on. You're, you're still skipping ahead. Like, yep. When no. did you start su- selling like... You went from those thirteen SKUs. Yep. So, and, but then now all of a sudden you're picking up OE, doing you know, yep. doing running boards and doing all ama- like how so does we, that we, happen? So we from the you know the late seventies through the the middle of the eighties, uh, you know, we DZ grew into a, a multitude of categories with the bed protection yep. and toolboxes and stuff. We were really the king of the aftermarket. You couldn't go into a, a store that didn't have DZ in stock. Our bright tread bed caps, our bright tread running boards, our toolboxes, those things, we sell millions and millions of them. Um, and then when Lancaster bought us in the late 80s, um, they had uh, a rubber bed mat company, a rubber queen floor mats, mm-hmm. was part of their portfolio. So they actually had some OEM reps at the time when they oh. bought us. And so through that, we I think we got our first program in the late 80s with Mitsubishi. We were doing a, a tube step for Mitsubishi. Okay. And that was our first OEM program. And once you get in as a tier one supplier, other companies take notice pretty quick. Because obviously, so like those of you who are listening who might not understand how that works is there's different levels of suppliers. There's tier one, tier two, on and on. It's it's different requirements. It's different different types quality of products. Standards. Yeah, quality standards. So to be a, a high level tier one, you have to pass things like quality assurance, weld, durability, salt spray, so when you work with a company that is a tier one supplier, that means they're they're selling their direct part that they make to the OE without being a component of something else, basically, right? Like it's correct, like yeah. And there's different quote. levels of, of that too. Yeah. You know, there's ones that sell a branded accessory. Yep. There's ones that sell a Ford accessory. Yep. And then like we we actually send it to sequencing. So we'll we'll put yeah, our, so we'll some p- go to an upfitter after the vehicle's built. Sometimes yeah. it goes on the floor of the factory. Some and go to a, with the parts. some go to a dealer like yeah. Honda's big on. Well, what, on what, dealers. what does sequencing mean? So it, we actually will load racks and send it to a sequencing facility. Mm-hmm. So when the body and the yep. frame are meeting each other, just on in time the line, manufacturing. That they pull it out and it's been yeah. sequenced for that VIN number. Oh yeah. wow! So it's yeah. ready to go. So as the all these parts are converging on the line. You're pulling these accessories that are going on on the factory floor. That means that it's built with the truck rather than either going to an upfitter, where a lot of vehicles, maybe a special performance package or whatever, goes to an offsite warehouse, gets upfitted for whatever that package is, or some of them are dealer installed accessories where your dealer does it. This is all happening at the factory, and that's a pretty big deal. But going back to like the tier one stuff, it's it's durable because it has to fit the warranty. It has to you know fit work with uh, salt spray. You like all that can't rust. You know so having a company that has those ties in the OE makes their entire product line better because they have to have the technology in house to make those durable products that can outlast a warranty and things like that. Yeah, the same the same powder coat uh, facility and uh, powder that we put on all of the OEM is the same that goes on our our aftermarket sure. products. Um, so yeah, it, it really does. Uh, make you better. How did the company decide which products line, pro, which product lines to diversify into? Like, where is that guiding light coming from? So, on the aftermarket side of things, uh, we have a team that we put together on on what kind of new products we want to develop and, and where we see holes or niches in the marketplace. Um, and then, on, and this, I would assume it's a group of enthusiasts. They've got to be there, right. There's a lot of us, yeah, that are enthusiastic. I, I do a lot of that, and we have um, Bart and Eric in, in our R and D facility that help us uh, with that, and are, are part of that team. But 
but we we all meet as a team and and then we'll put the, that product and put a, a cost feasibility and timing together a CFT kind of another thing that comes from the yep. OEM side that mm-hmm. we, we adopt in the aftermarket and then we'll put that in front of Kelly who's our president and Ron's daughter that runs the company and we'll spell out all of the tooling requirements and how long it's going to take and how many square feet we need and how many people we think and then we'll decide, uh, you know, is this something that's feasible for us to do in the aftermarket? On the OEM side, we'll get RFQs, requests for quotes, from the OEMs that say, hey, look, we're here's a 2022 or 25 or whatever yeah. vehicle we're looking at, and these are some of the accessories. Will you quote these? Yeah. So then we'll go through a quoting process, and if we get awarded, then we develop it. So, you know, we're already working on all the next generation trucks. Yeah, all the trucks, stuff way ahead, yeah. You know, because we're way ahead, like... I mean, you know, you have a lightning out front there, and we build the board for that, and, and we worked on that years ago. Sure. Wow. Yeah. So, so you're signing NDAs every every couple of days. Yeah, well, well just kind of well, you probably, open, so you probably, open I was going to say, yeah, yeah, standing NDAs. So what happens with, I mean, obviously, you probably over over time have had 10, 20, 30,000 SKUs or more. How do you decide to obsolete or retire a SKU versus adding? And, and, and I would imagine that, especially now with older vintage trucks coming back, and getting popular, like square body Chevys and stuff like that. We just bought a '77 uh, so F100. Okay. Uh, we hopefully we'll do it this year. If not, we'll do it for our 50th. This is our 45th anniversary. Okay. So, yeah, there's so, so a how, struggle. Yeah. So how do you decide? Like, we made this part. We don't make it anymore, but their demand is back. Or we obsoleted that. Now we need to buy new tooling if we want to bring it back. Or we well, never like, stopped making that part. Like because Ford that truck threes. All of a sudden, yeah. it, like about a year and a half, two years ago. Demand is back like crazy big. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough. Yeah, um, like how do you, you forecast you, all that you, stuff? You have to weigh it and see financially is yeah. it worth it? Um, because yeah, they're popular again, but never popular like hey, they're on the dealership floor. No, you know? no, absolutely um, not. So uh, we still build some, you know, eighty eight. You know, 70, 77 uh, bed protection. And, okay. And we have a lot of universal stuff, too, for the toolboxes and some of the tanks and stuff. But um, it's tough, uh, you know. Uh, you got to yeah. wait. And, and we get those enthusiasts. And you guys have a massive product line. Like, you, your, your amount of SKUs and, and amount of vehicle coverage and application coverage is, is not like, you know, you know, mom and pop down the street manufacturing where they make 100 parts. No, we, we try to run big quantities. Yeah. Um, on the aftermarket, we're m- much, much more flexible than we are on the OM side. There's, you know, there, on some of the, the lines on the OM side, it, it never stops running one thing. You know, maybe it'll change colors or, you know, something like that. But it's, it's tooled and designed to run this particular Thousands product. and thousands of Hundreds parts. of thousands. Did you guys it, ever yeah. get into, like, tonneau covers and stuff like that? We have not. Um, you know, we've looked at it. seems at like I have all the th- you make everything, and that's yeah. one of those things where it's like, oh, is that a hole in their portfolio, or is or, that a, a conscious decision? Too much, too much competition or, in the marketplace. Well, or is it part of your your user uses the bed and needs all the racks and spaces and it, all that? It's definitely part of that. Yep. You know, with um, toolboxes and mm-hmm. cab racks and side rails and bed protection. Um, there's some conflict of interest with uh, closing the bed off that way. Um, we do have a lot of products that go uh, and work with uh, tonneau covers that are inside the rail tonneau yeah, covers. Right. So like on my F-150, I have our Hex Series side rails, and then I have a uh, inside-the-rail hard folding tonneau cover. Okay. So we, we do have some crossover there. But yes, it has definitely been a conversation piece. Um, so who knows? Maybe one day. How, how much cross-pollinization is there between... The OE seeing a vehicle like an F1, uh, Ford F-150 Lightning three years in advance, and then the aftermarket division saying, oh my gosh, I see what they're doing with this truck. We should start making X, Y, and Z for this thing. You you could be, you can beat all the other aftermarket companies to market on, if, if your OE division shared secrets with 
you in the aftermarket. We, we, I think it's the other way around, though. Really? No. Well, there's both, right? Um, uh, we we are kind of limited on some of the CAD that we can access um, early um, because of uh, conflicts. Yeah. Um, so yes, we have early access, but, but we you can't always use we, it. But we can't always use it. And then yes, like you said. Uh, you'll see things that are happening in the aftermarket yeah. that the, the OEs go, hey. That's why they're at SEMA. I want this. Right. They'll, they're walking around SEMA like buyers, kind of hidden yeah. in the corners, and they're they're looking at everything from materials to colors to styles, but also products that make it more functional. I mean, yeah. you think of you know a certain new SUV that recently came out that also has removable top and doors. You know, they were all over the aftermarket to try and make sure that they had a complete full catalog that they could offer the buyer while the rest of the aftermarket caught up to it. Yeah, know, so example. like, you know, we have quite a few. They may have uh, looked at a competitor to see what was available for them. Uh, for sure. We have a, a lot of offering for said SUV. <laughs> uh, uh, we actually, one of the- Why things, can't you say Bronco out loud? We, we can say Bronco out loud, but it's funner if we <laughs> yeah, just- Yeah, it's more fun know, if you oh, mystery. Right, gotcha. Why well, uh, you got to ruin the fun? Yeah. Uh, so Lightning uh, the fun sponge. Here of, we go again. One fun of the, sponge. One of the funnest things uh, that we did or are doing with the Bronco is a hinge cover. So when you take the doors off the Bronco, the the brackets that are left are monstrosities. Yeah, they're huge, uh, and they're threaded. Yeah, and and ours was ours was an early prototype. Uh, they're barely painted, so we actually have a patent on a cover that covers those that bolts onto it, so it gives you a nice clean look. And and so I have. Can I can I suggest a product to you? Sure. Can I should I do, do it? I need to, I, I need you to sign an NDA. Yeah. Should All we right. should we do lower it. the the volume while um, I ask? Josh, real quick. No, I think we're just. I, I want to know what it is. Oh, hold on. Oh, are we, are we doing that? Yeah, here we go. And Holman's product idea. Okay, so for I DZ is. I have mentioned this to other companies, and everybody. I'm like, why don't you do this? Oh, that's a great idea, but they never do it. How about on the exposed hinges on a Wrangler? Okay. A plastic cap that snaps on the top and bottom of the hinge to protect it from rocks and stuff. So basically, so a very molded. similar idea that what we have, our, except for our cover, gives it a nice aerodynamic finish. Look, if you go to dz.com, I'm, you, I'm you, on you, it right you now. Can go to, type it. Ah. Am I on the Jeep accessory page? No, it'd be under it? the Bronco. Okay, so I, I was on the Bronco. We're, we're just launching it, so I don't know if Scott. Yeah, I Scott, see mounting brackets right now and some stuff. Uh, let's see. In the search bar, type in uh, hinge cover. Hinge and cover. See if that comes up. Okay, so. I think like the problem with the Jeep ones, even though they're way better than the Bronco ones. Oh, door hinge cover. Here we go. Yeah, yeah nice they are. Though. Oh, dude. See yeah. how nice those that look looks? great. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So oh, I was thinking it's much much smaller. This is all the way from the we, bottom to the top. Correct. Of the, we know, wanted well, to make it look like it was finished. That's the way Ford would have done yeah. it. What? And, and Ford may or not may not have a set that they're testing right now. And, <laughs> sure. And really? You mean that know. company? That company. Yeah. What is the? These are plastic composite. What are these? Yeah, vacuum form. Really? Plastic, yeah. So right. I was just I was thinking just on like caps because all the Wranglers get annihilated with Correct. the exposed hinges. Now yeah. I like the ho- exposed hinges better because you can take your door on and off without scratching the crap out of it like you yeah. do on the Bronco Correct. if you're not careful. Yeah. I always tell people blue painters tape on the Bronco, but just those caps cover those hinges. Like it would be really easy a plastic bolt. Yeah. Anyway, just I'm just saying. I'll bring it. I'll bring it up in our next meeting. All right. Oh, he's going to want a commission. So no, we have deals. I was on Shark Tank. <laughs> for, for, for our Invisirac. If Are you, you serious? If, yeah. Were you really? I was, yeah. You were on Shark Tank. I was, yeah. What with, episode number? With, uh, I don't have a clue. You okay. have the Shark Tank Invisirac. So if you type Invisirac yeah, I'm going in, to right into now. the search bar there on DZ.com, yep, you I'm can see to. the product. Invisirac. Shout out to Donnie McCall, uh, the inventor of it. Uh, 
I was sitting on my couch watching Shark Tank because I love Shark Tank. Yeah, I do too. I must have spelled it wrong. In- Invisa. I have it right oh, here. Oh, with A. Yeah. Watching Shark Tank, he was on there, and the sharks all loved his idea, but they wanted him to take it to China to be made. Right. And he's an old Navy guy, and he's like, I'm not going to do it. not going to do it. So I called him up from my couch, flew him out. And- so I remember him, uh, but I don't. Uh, I guess I don't remember any tie-in. Yeah, and then so okay. then they the Shark Tank actually did a follow up episode and oh. came out and filmed at DZ. I think we filmed for thirteen hours for about a minute. That sounds about right. Of airtime. Yeah, I do. I do remember this episode uh, four eighteen. They actually kind of thumbed their nose. What was nose. the update? They, they thumbed the nose at the sharks and said, "Look, you can still manufacture stuff in the USA." Good. Shout out to all love the sharks. It. I love them. But you know, hey, yeah, you, you can still opportunity. you can build stuff in the USA, and we've been doing it. I think for ten years now. It's crazy. You can see how much inflation has hurt. I think it used to be six hundred dollars. Now yeah. it's uh, eleven hundred bucks. Yes, yeah. but it is yeah. very cool. And the the concept behind it was his wife would not go on a date with him in his work truck with his ladder wrapped. Right, because, because she, she thought the, the it was ugly. It was and ugly. didn't look like a nice truck. And, and when you when it's when it's folded down, you can barely tell it's there. Yeah, and you can set it up in about a minute. Yeah, I totally totally remember uh, that that episode. I didn't realize that you guys were involved. I must have missed the update. See? Got to watch that. I know. What the heck? And then uh, Diane Sawyer's Made in America came out and filmed, uh, kind of piggyback onto that. So. Really? I that. Yeah. I think the Truck Show podcast Made in America needs to come out. There you go. I think that we need to visit your facility. I yeah. just said that. No, I mean, I'm just backing you up. Oh, all right. One of the coolest things that we do is we actually have our own extrusion press. So when you were a kid- you know, Once it, a day, lightning also extrudes. Well, it's, it's similar, <laughs> but different. Uh, ours is a nine-inch Sometimes press. Sometimes twice on a good day. Press, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So when you were a kid and you had that Play-Doh and you pushed the Play-Doh through the star and it yeah. made Lightning is very familiar. exactly what Pushed that it is. right through the starfish. Yeah, we, we do that. <laughs> oh, wow, really? I'm going to leave that in. <laughs> you should. I'm going to leave that in you. the show. <laughs> we, uh, we do that with aluminum. So, yeah. That has to be wild. Awesome. I love watching extrusions. Yeah. It's so that so cool. is, and it's not molten, right? No, just, you just, no, you just you press get it to pressure. 850 soft. Uh, degrees, it gets soft and you're yeah. forcing it through a die. So okay. there's a bunch of cool extruded parts, like uh, there's extruded running boards out there. There's extruded like uh, racks or most aluminum of, extrusions. Most, for, like, most t- of our stuff is extruded. Yeah, so like T-channel kinds of stuff, things all like our, that. He- all of our hex extruded. extruded. Our, all the OEM. I do want to talk to you about that in yeah. a minute. Um, oh, Bill Stein Blackhawk shocks. Those were extruded. That extruded was a big bodies. deal back in the day, yeah. right? Those are the extruded yeah. bodies. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, okay. So I came across a solution that you offer okay. for something that I've been thinking about for a while now. Okay. So I've got to- So they beat you to it? No, no. It, it's, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't trying to solve the issue. I was trying to find a solution for the issue. And they had the and solution. They ha- I think- Okay. So I was going to bring it up, and I, I purposely have not. I've been emailing Josh on other stuff. I purposely did not bring it up because I want him on the record, on the air, uh, answering this ooh. question. Ooh. Okay. All right. You're All right. hot. So, Josh is in the hot seat. Okay. Yeah. So I've got a 20 JL. Okay. All right. And I've got with a three six. Uh, yeah, but it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Oh, okay. The 396? Uh, oh, oh no. wait a minute. 392. Oh, okay. <clears throat> and so, that's coming. So that's yeah. that's later in this conversation. Okay. All right. So I've got the Rhino Rack backbone. Okay. And I have drilled through the roof. Sucks, sucks the drill, doesn't it? Right. And I have my Go Fast Campers. Yeah. Ten I, I've, I've seen it. Yeah, you've seen yeah. it. Yeah, we, you yeah. know, out on Overland and stuff. Yeah. So over time, I have not been super happy with the Rhino Rack and the amount of flex, and now it's starting to creak and make a bunch mm. of noises and stuff. Yeah. Although the top's not cracked or anything like that, and, yeah. and it holds the tent. It does its job. It's just freaking noisy. Yeah. Off-roading and in and out of driveways, the place yeah. where I, I hate noise anyway. Yeah. So I might be in the process of trying to sell my JL because I might have ordered a 392. Well, that's a good, good, 
good process. Which comes with a painted top, which yep. I really don't want to drill through my painted top. Yeah. And I had looked at maybe the Maximus three brackets, and then mm-hmm. maybe doing the GFC to the Maximus three brackets, which are more directly mounted to the the interior of sport bar and structure. Who makes the Maximus brackets? Maximus three. Oh, that's the name of the company. Oh, okay. I didn't know. Okay. But then I thought to myself, uh, so GFC makes this great lightweight tank called the Superlight, but they they it's not in production. But I may be tight with Graham over there who said, hey, I have a bunch that we kept for warranty that we didn't sell. I can get you one if you're interested in putting it. And I'm thinking, okay, the drawback of having the current setup, like the, the benefits are rad sleeping platform, super solid except for the, the noisiness of it, but I can't put the Jeep in my garage. So that's mm, a problem. Yeah, I don't want to go to a ground tent because I like sitting up top. Mm-hmm. And I love having the high vantage point when I'm camping alone because I sure. can see what's around and I'm right. not down with the animals, especially mm-hmm. when I'm by myself. And then I got to thinking, if I could find a decent removable rack that could support the Superlight's only 80 pounds, mm-hmm. I could and, take it in and off I mean, myself. And he's a chubby fat ass like me, so yeah, yes, there exactly. is that. So my thought process was if I could find a way to take it off, then I could park my Jeep back in the garage. I could you know, put the rack and the Superlight off to the side mm-hmm. or hang it from the rafters in the ceiling, and then I wouldn't have to always have a tent on the top. And so when I'm not camping, I'm not carrying around the weight. I have better handling, better performance. So I go on the forums, and there's like three racks that people talk about. And one of them is the DZ Hex rack, which you guys use the rain gutters. Now, the the issue is that it's only a, about a 150-pound dynamic load from Mopar for using the rain gutter. But, but, but we don't. So you guys have these little cool mounting feet Correct. that add support we're after the corner of the top curves. The radius, which happens to be the strongest. Which is where the strongest part is. So you basically clamp there, and then you have support feet. And everybody online is like, yeah, whatever, DZ, blah, blah, blah. Then they're like, oh, my God, this solved the problem. Then one guy's like, I carried 700 pounds out there camping. Mm-hmm. One guy's like, here's a load of firewood. Here's my 18-inch tall giant tent I slept in. We, we, and all of a sudden, everybody on the forums are like, love the DZ, love it, awesome, great quality, easy to go together, blah, blah. And I'm going... Well, damn it! I need to talk to Josh about that because because and, if, and it kind of ties back to that OEM side. I believe we're the only aftermarket Jeep guy that actually sent the JL roof to Element Test Laboratories and did all the static and so, dynamic loads. So, really? So, so there's we, another rack manufacturer who makes a bar okay. that has feet. Okay. But I feel like their feet are in weaker parts of it, okay. and you guys have it nailed. Well, and, we, we did the testing. And you so published the testing numbers. We, we know exactly. I'll, yeah. I'll send you the test. Yeah. You can see all the, the lift, the load, the shear. You can see it all. So I just want to do that on my 392 with a super light, which yeah. weighs 80 pounds, yeah. and then be able to take it off easy when I'm not using well, it. Well, and the beauty is, you know, with that hex series, you can actually just loosen the bolt and slide it out the back. Yeah, with it, everything attached, with everything, right? You don't ever have to do the clamps yeah. again. So I and was, the ones on the Freedom Top, you can use the two on the Freedom Top to lift your Freedom Tops off. Yeah. And I would probably just use the back half because I you know, I could still, just the way it's shaped and stuff, like I wouldn't necessarily need the fronts. But I love the idea. I love the design. So my two questions are, obviously, there's people like, my wife and my dog and I slept up there, no problem. Yeah. you know. And, and so I am convinced that it's sturdy enough for me and an 80-pound tent. Yeah. The only question I had is, do they make noise? Is it creaky at all? No, I mean we have more noise from like our tiered storage and our refrigerator compressor and stuff sure. in the back of ours than we do the the roof. We've had ours on our JL for, I think it's a that's a eighteen mm-hmm. nine, late eighteen, I think is when we put it. It's on pretty there. low profile. It's pretty it's cool. Super looking. low profile, yeah. And uh, and so- it, and we like we use the grab handles out of our JK mm-hmm. 
on top of that, because you don't realize how nice it is to have a grab handle. So your grab handles, I saw somebody had had put it on the extrusion for the hex rail, 100%. where you could gra- step on the rear tire and, and grab up. it and, and, and get up, which it is really is cool. It is beautiful. I mean, you don't realize yeah. how nice it is at 6 o'clock in the morning when you've sure. got to pee, or yeah, yeah, yeah. 9.30 or 10 o'clock That's at night downside when, you've had, the when is, you've had a few yeah. drinks, you yeah. know, to, to grab Extra that grab and get up. Extra grab handle to get yes. up. Yes, so... Yeah. All right, so so that in with a painted top, I realize that you guys have rubber on your little feet. So I'm guessing if installed correctly, that you know, probably not going to do a lot of damage to the paint surface or anything like that. As long as everything is is tied down or tightened down and locked. Well, yeah, the rubber it. can't be there. Can't be much wiggle because eventually right. the rubber will go through the paint. Yep. Um, yeah. So hmm. you, we actually put that intention. Uh, we've had it on our Gladiator that has a painted top mm-hmm. for two and a half, three years now. So, yeah. Hmm. Have you taken it off to see if oh, there's yeah. any wear? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah, we we freshen the bolts up and stuff for okay. shows. Just so oh, yeah. the bolts, you know, don't look chalky nice. black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, what if you used a piece of um, like Expel paint protection well, that's what I was thinking. under yeah. the rubber? Because I would for just sure. be able to get a little circle of Expel. Yep. You know, and you put could, it absolutely. down, and and you could even do that on the 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 ditch rail piece as well. Mm-hmm. We don't want a lot of it because yeah. we still want it to be a hard joint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't want the the rubber to deteriorate or get in the way and then become a loose. Loose. Well, I'm less worried about that because you won't see it on the inside of the drip rail Correct. where it sits. But yeah. I, you know, if I want to take it off yeah. because I want to make it easier for my setup, I want my nice. I hate painted tops, but yeah. 392 comes with it that way, right? Correct. So it is what it is. That's why I like black tops because who cares? And now you I'm like, you still don't want it rubbing through. I still, yeah. When you're designing a product like that, yeah. we we want to design it like like it should be. So this this goes down to that conversation I think about. You know, DZ being a, a tier one manufacturer and the types of products, the fact that you went through all the element analysis well, to make think, sure that I it think was good. that top was five or six thousand dollars to oh, buy it. Oh, they're fifty five hundred bucks. Yeah, and then I think it, that much to do the testing yeah. again. So, and we just destroyed it. Yeah, because after we passed all the tests, we took it to the limits to see so we sure. could rate it. Yeah. Do you remember what the rating is? I probably look it's on, on here. It's right on now. the instructions. I want to say it's. 250 pounds of dynamic and yeah, like 600 pounds static, of static something like that yeah on the on the back half which is for me like I, I, you know I'm a I'm a svelte 210 215 maybe right. on a good day <laughs> and then 80 pounds of tent another 20 pounds of gear like I'm well well under now, that. let me ask you this so we're talking about testing so I don't want to be flippant about testing because it's expensive it's very expensive it's very expensive and I think that there are a lot of guys that care about the testing like mm-hmm. Holman and there are a lot of guys that just... I totally care about the test. I know you do. Because when I'm d- studying all this stuff or the right product to put on I, my very expensive vehicle, mm-hmm. I want to know that the manufacturer cares about me and my vehicle as much as I care about me now, and my But you're doing it for a couple of reasons. You're doing it for A, for a guy like Holman to tell him, hey, here's how you should properly use this equipment. Then for you, you're using it for you using the test data for liability reasons. Like, hey, please don't use this out of spec, right? Don't put more weight than we recommend, right? People are going to... So we, I, I we always put a safety that, right. factor in there. Of course, you're going to, uh, yeah. If yeah. you can hold 1,000 pounds, you tell them Nobody's carrying a scale with them, yeah, right? No, like, I, oh, that's about that. 700 pounds. Yeah. But does it bug you when you're up against competition that just doesn't either, A, it's a mom and pop, and they don't have the money to test? Because doing the testing, that the, the load and the shear and the dynamic, all that stuff. 600 pounds static, 225 dynamic. There that's you. pretty healthy. It, yeah, it's pretty healthy. But like that probably costs you 15 grand minimum for that test. Yes. Right? That's not something that a small startup some bed rack company could could do no right so um and again i you know i understand the the mom and pop guys too and they they put out some amazing products there's a lot of sure. great small amazing companies um but w- but you what i'm saying is you compete against them correct in the marketplace the guy's looking at brand a 
versus versus DZ. Brand D. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. DZ. And you have to get that message across that, hey, we did a lot of testing to make sure it's yeah. not only safe, but it's going to last a lifetime, et cetera. Yeah. You but we do that, that because that's what we should do. Right. Um, the beauty of, of, of DZ is that uh, we do everything like we were going to try to do it for an OEM. Um, we want it to be right. We've been in business since 1977. And if you have a problem with our product, we want to make it right. We don't want to lose or burn a customer over any one thing. Um, so we just do it because that's what you should do. In that in that situation, when he's got that expensive of a Jeep and he's going down the highway, we don't want the thing to, to f- go flying off the top of the, the Jeep, you know, because there's some conditions that, you know, you might gonna, you better check the bolts. I oh, mean, for we, sure. on our last one, we had just put a new prototype uh, uh, rail on the back of our trailer. Yeah. Well, we didn't air down the trailer when we were going down some of those washboards. And after miles, the, the we used a little button head. Well, we realized on that trip, mm, we're changing the button head <laughs> to, an M, to an M8 bolt. Yeah. Because we needed to be able to put more torque into it. So those are the kind of things through that trip that we learned. Right. We, we learned that. The buttonhead just doesn't have enough clamp load uh, for a trailer that's got that much vibration on it to, to create that torque load. So. Gotcha. Again, it's one of those things that I don't want an accessory that I put on my vehicle to make me like my vehicle less. <laughs> True story. And, and that's, oh, man. That's how, I mean, how many there are times? a lot of them out there like that for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things that look good in pictures, but they just don't perform or the finish doesn't hold up or they rust all over your vehicle or they bend or they break. Well, I mean, look, like I mean, those, well, you go well, back to like Steve Jobs where he's, he's like, he wants let to- Let the tech get out of the way. Well, that yeah, was always yeah, his thing. Yeah. Like, get the tech out of the way and it has to make you feel good. Yeah. For sure. You got to- you. you well, the people that do this to their vehicles in this industry are passionate about what they sure. do. Most of them spend their hard-earned money because that's what they do. That's the fun thing to them. So we want to make sure that they have that experience. Now, okay. how are you guys, because you're making so much here in the States, you're not reliant on, you've got the labor, you've got the staff, you've got the know-how. Well, we still, uh, you know, but we you, are in a much got- better position labor-wise. We still have... Just over 100 open positions. So if anybody in the Midwest, wow. the Des Moines metro area, is looking for a job, dz.com forward slash careers. Okay, Ooh. okay. What about raw goods? Because you've got to be going through aluminum and steel like it's, like it's water. M- yeah, 20, 30, 40 million pounds a year uh, of <laughs> aluminum I want to be your aluminum rep. <laughs> yeah, wow. The, I, you know, I, I yeah. keep saying, you know. Between, <laughs> that guy's taking you to the baseball for, game. For that sure. reminds Thank me when you. Ford put uh, the, the rear quad doors you know on the super <laughs> the cabs yeah yeah one of the ford executives at one of the auto shows said um because they were doing it on the ranger and the f-150 the super duty was like somebody should buy stock in our hinge supplier <laughs> right yeah yeah i want to be the guy like that sells our buffing compound when i retire <laughs> i'm gonna like i'm gonna just be our rep for buffing compound just for aluminum buffing yeah, oh, buffing. yeah. so that's kind of what made DZDZ originally is we we developed a process that we sanded and buffed uh, aluminum to the point where we did not have to use copper as a base layer between the chrome. So you oh, wow. think about how much copper had to go into like a chrome wheel yeah. to level the surface. Well, we eliminated that and put chrome right over aluminum. Well, anytime you chrome something, it becomes a mirror, right? Yeah, Wait a minute. It, it how do you put chrome fl- right over aluminum? Well, we developed the process. So a sanding and buffing process. What you talking about, Willis? Uh, his name's not Willis. It's well, Josh. Yeah. I, no, I get that. <sighs> I'm trying to figure out how that works. Magic? Well, you can come to DZ and see it. Oh, oh, there we go. There we go. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Oh, I think we need to make a trip out to is, Iowa. There is no substitution for Chrome. 
How there's nothing that holds up to the elements that is harder that is you know if you want something that is durable good old nickel chrome yeah well, well I mean, nickel it, chrome and by the yeah. way it's what makes stainless stainless right the it's, chromium yes, in in stainless it, it, the stainless takes the imperfections out of the the material yep so right. then we put a nickel hardened chrome on top of the aluminum so let me ask you this of all the parts that you've helped develop that you've had a say in over the last i don't know half a decade 20 years no no i know in the, i'm saying the last five years yeah which one are you personally more proud of, uh, most proud of? Like, is there one that you fought for where they said, Josh is never going to work, that's a dumb idea, and you fought for it, and now it's a bestseller? Mm. No, I mean, our Hex Series uh, tube I have a patent on that I actually have my name on the patent. Really? And it gives you the ability to move the hoop infinitely along that extrusion. So we have much fewer skews. What do you mean move the hoop along So if, these... if you go to go back to DZ.com yep, and yep. type in hex series cast step. Okay, here we go. Hex series Why, While he's doing that, how far away is uh, the uh, I-80 truck stop from uh, DZ? About, a, I'm going to say an hour and a half. All right. Maybe an hour and 45. Okay. If I'm going to that part of the country, I'm going to the truck stop. Yeah. Let's go. I'm in. Yeah. Right. And there, there, may, there may be another manufacturer about three blocks from us that's pretty well known in the aftermarket industry as well. Oh, starts really? with a P and ends with an O. Putka. Mm. So, you're much bigger than them, aren't y- yes, you? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, Denny Elwell, who started DZ's the D, we've established that. Yeah. Uh, when his non-compete was up, he actually bought Putko. Oh. And now his son runs it. So. Holy mackerel! Small world. The, so uh, yes, the hex series. I'm looking at the hex steps. series. Here. Oh, so, so you're moving so those the steps. Correct. So like, if you look at a lot of our competition, they weld that hoop there. So they have a. Specific, when you say hoop, you're talking about the step portion, the, the little hoop that you step on. Yep. Okay. Um, they have a specific skew for every manufacturer and every cap size, right? Because the doors are in different positions. Sure. Ours, you move wherever so you, you want. They just slide. Yeah, or you take them off if you're going off road. That's the best part, right? Or there. if you're six foot five. Where you step to get in the vehicle may be different than your wife on the other side that's five foot two. Well, you don't want them to be different on your side. We'll try to look at them both at the same time. Can't. Can't do you it. Can't. So. Yeah. Interesting. So I, that one, that one's fun. Um, the so br- do you have a the, copy of the patent on your wall? I don't. Um, you should. I, yeah, I, I, I did have about eight million companies email me after the patent was issued, and that's actually a funny story. Really? How, how I figured out the patent got issued. It's because they were trying to sell me the plaque. Oh, the wooden oh, plaque. Oh, yeah. 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 That's funny. That, and then the Bronco hinge covers that we're getting ready to launch that you saw earlier. We have a, a patent on that as well. So so those are two wow. to the fun. So uh, you've the, got a legal team in-house. Uh, we where, use, no, we use an outside firm. Okay. So. See, you're keeping them busy. How many patents would you guess the DZ has? Uh, More than 100? No, probably not. You know, the- Because uh, they are a pain in the ass to get. They are. And then, you know, we can talk about it off air about- after you get it, you know. Oh, how do you police it? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, a, that's a yeah. whole other That thing. has to be tough. Yeah, we don't have to get into it, but we know yeah. that that's a thorn yeah. in your side. American-made products, patents are in-house, developed, and, 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 and some a-hole comes and just rips you off, and yeah. it's going to be tough. Aren't people yeah. great? And again, it's some a small are, world. Are. It's the automotive industry. There's, yeah. I mean, when's the last time somebody came up with something that was new different than every anybody <laughs> yeah. we've never seen anything like that yeah right yeah so. right all right well uh so what is the i guess the best uh biggest new thing is probably bronco for you guys a uh, bronco's coming out we're launching a lot of that stuff i mean we still sell a, a just a ton of our traditional core value stuff yeah um the beauty is you know as these accessories and you know uh the fun stuff it it, it evan and flows right 
But our our core stuff, our fleet guy, they need it. He wants the same toolbox, same rack yeah. that he's been our, using for years that works right. for him. Our cab racks and our yeah. liquid transfer tanks, we make them the best liquid yeah. transfer tank in the world. I would guess as soon as you're done with your setup in your bed, you probably loathe getting a new truck because you have you to figure out it. how to yeah. redo all that. Yeah. And if, if you guys are making the same accessories, that guy can transfer everything over to the new truck and feel like I, it's not going to get in the way of my workflow because yeah. this is the stuff I've relied on for well, decades. Tell me, maybe. tell me about so a lot of our uh, a lot of our listeners have have liquid transfer tanks, and yeah. there you've got two competitors that I can think of. How is the DZ unit better? Uh, what, the, w- the way we manufacture ours, we, the radius bins, the the robotic uh, laser and camera infused, uh, you know, welding process. Uh, we pressure test every one of our tanks with an inert gas, and we use a, well, uh, a, a electronic sniffer to sniff any. We have no leaks. Our our warranty is point oh and then a number. Really? We build the best transfer tank in the world. And when diesels, well, in Cal, I don't even, what is it, $111 a gallon here? <laughs> yeah. I mean, in, Iowa, in like, Iowa, I think. Where you are right now in El Segundo, it's just probably. shy of seven. Yeah, yeah I, think we're, we're, I think we're just over four in Iowa. Um, I won't tell you our gas prices. No, yet. please uh, don't. I was just through there. You, you might drive to Iowa so. to fill up to drive <laughs> yeah. back. But. So, but I need to pick up a transfer tank so I can take it back with me. Right. right. Uh, <laughs> so that, that that's. Those are key things for fleets. When you have a, a guy that's working out in the field and needs that fuel, it's not only the $6, $7 a gallon at 111 gallons that's it's leaking. You have to have it. It's the taking your vehicle out of service and good luck finding another one. Mm. Because we haven't been able to keep up with the demand on transfer tanks since COVID. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's the, the, they are they, those fleet guys are working, and, and we'll get back to work here soon in the oil fields and some of these other things. Uh, the demand, because we have the best transfer tank in the world. We do have some competitors, and they win some business. They, if you got a random guy that goes into the local store, and he looks at ours versus the competitor, sure. it's, it, you know, we may lose that. It's the guy that needs 50 or 100 yeah. or 250 of them for his fleet that knows, hey, uh, it's going to cost me $500 if a tank leaks in fuel. I got to now contact safety clean or somebody uh, to clean the mess up or the guy's calling because uh, there's a hundred gallons of diesel in the bed of his new brand new super duty. That's making the paint bubble or something uh. and the insurance that involved. I mean, there's a lot of things that go into play w- when that happens. So, so those things, yeah. those are, those are our core categories. Our, our, our transfer tanks, our cab racks, our toolboxes are running. Those are, those are the things that pay the bills, right? You know? Any idea how you guys got into those transfer tanks? Um, so we've been building aluminum tanks for probably the nozzle is really small or the the fill hole. No, so no, not how you get into it physically. Yeah, oh, not the liquid. Oh, yeah. I mean, why did they start making them? I was them. thinking more like genie in a bottle. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was wondering like you <laughs> you rub something a certain way. There's only really one part of you that can get in that uh, fill uh, spout. Or the <laughs> You're damn right. Uh, <laughs> um, no, <laughs> that'd be the big mouth uh, diesel uh, yeah, the over the road trucker <laughs> nozzle. No, no, I'm talking about the vent hole. Oh yeah, <laughs> sure. No, it's like like most things. It's it's. The market demanded it. You know, there was a there was a demand for a product. Uh, we, the beauty of DZ is uh, we are first and foremost a manufacturer. So if it fits in that realm, um, it, you know, we, we will look at it. And, and transfer tanks have been a great one. We've been doing steel since I took over as new products manager in 07, I think, and that's when we launched our first steel tanks. Um, so we've been doing steel since like 07. And steel or aluminum is a bigger seller. Steel is a bigger seller just because of the price point. Oh, you I know, see. It's quite a bit. I mean. You got a lot of aluminum there. And well, and with you, the aluminum prices nowadays, yeah. it's like, I mean, whew. 
I mean, you can see that combo. What's, that you what's have the up. weight difference? Yeah, so I'm looking in here at a combo auxiliary tank called the Black Tread. It's yep. like sixteen hundred bucks. Yeah, so uh, that's a combo with the the L-shaped tank and the the chest on it, and it's powder coated black. So, and <clears throat> this is the steel. What would I be looking at weight? No, that's a, that's aluminum. Oh, I'm sorry, this is aluminum. Yeah, bright tread aluminum. Okay. Yep. Um, what I mean, would I, what would I be looking e- for at? For easy math, it's it's double. Double. Yeah. D- double the price or weight? Weight. Well, I'm sorry that uh, the price of uh, steel and aluminum is so much, but I am happy that uh, you guys have so much demand that you really don't care because people pay what they need to pay to, to have DZ products on there. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't deter your customers, does it? it well, again, uh, especially on that type of product, when you yeah, need it, we, you need it. You need it. You know, yeah. you're you're using this to get by, and, and in yeah. a lot of cases, like you know, the transport industry. You and I talked about yep. that. Uh, those guys are buying di- 100 gallons of diesel in a state yep. that has lower taxes. Abs- You're absolutely. talking about like hot shots, those hot guys? Shots, yeah. 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 They know where to fill up. And it's it's it's, it's unbelievable the amount of money that it's yeah. costing to, to transport vehicles. We do it for yeah. semen over It used to be 1000 bucks cross country. Right now you're looking at about 4000 yeah. to 4500 I think it was 30, for, from yeah. Des Moines, Iowa to Bend for Overland, mm-hmm. they wanted $3,800 yeah. per vehicle. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. yeah. Just, it, just that call. should be under a grand, right? Uh, Way, oh, back, back in the, in the day, day. Hey, it was. Yeah. Next time, just call us. We'll road trip for free. You pay for the gas <laughs> and like, and you know, a uh, couple Waffle no, House visits. Waffle House <laughs> for me, and yeah. but no Whataburgers. No Whataburgers. No Whataburgers. No. Yeah. No. no I, listen, you got to If it's Texas. on you, I'll do what. I'll, I'll do Waffle Texas. House. I love Waffle, Waffle House. Yeah. Yeah. All, I did too. All day. And all there's night. a pretty good chance you might see a fight. So. Oh, even better. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be well, sure to you. We have to sprinkle a couple IHOPs in there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. what are you going to do? Yeah, all right, I guess. You so. can't, I mean, we don't have Waffle House in Iowa. You got to get. You got to keep going. Yeah, go so it's funny. There's actually a Waffle House demarcation line. <laughs> okay. Which I was, funny, true story. Uh, so KJ Jones and Jason Gonerman and Monica Gonerman and all my staff. I remember I was driving cross country and I was going to meet them in Colorado for Diesel Power Challenge. And this was years ago. And I got to a point where I realized. I couldn't find any more Waffle Houses. And I'm like, guys, I can't find it on the app. I'm driving. Can you point me? The last one was three hours behind me, and I had passed the Waffle House demarcation line. Yeah, it's and like it's, northern Kansas. Yeah, I think so it's, it's like northern Kansas, and then it sort of swoops toward the west as it goes through Arizona. So if you're, if you're on the southern route, like the 8 or the 10, Waffle House all the way to Arizona. If you're on the northern route, you're trying to go through Iowa and all that, boom, dude. Waffle House demarcation line done. None left for the I rest of the I wonder why. I don't know. It just it, ends. It, I don't. I, I don't can't get tell it. you. Listen, Waffle House is the only damn restaurant that can make consistently good grits. And when you're driving cross country and you're 18 hours, you're like, I'm going to stop when I see the next Waffle House. And four hours later, there's no Waffle House, and yeah. then you realize that there's not going to be a Waffle House. It's not okay <laughs> yeah. because now you're hangry, you're grumpy, you want a bowl of grits. Shoney's isn't going to do it the right way, but you know what, Waffle House is. So you know what you do? You turn around, you drive four hours backwards no, you to don't. make sure that you get your waffle house. No, maybe a cracker barrel. Could you put up a no, cracker barrel? Uh, I, 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 could, oh, I mean, if I had to, I could definitely, I could definitely pull into a cracker. When barrel. When you're in Des Moines, we have this. We have the Machine Shed, and it's, oh, it's Machine kinda, Shed. It's what kinda, is that? It's a, a family restaurant that really? serves, you know, that wholesome. This whole like going to Des Moines yeah. is getting better and better See, for yeah, us all the time. Yeah, we got a, We got. I mean, don't sleep on Des Moines. All right, we, we've got a lot of lots of. All right, well, on. listen, this is I I want to go. So let's look. Let's if you if out. you are going to actually invite us, yes, we will are, actually you are, go. You are actually invited because we'll do a little uh, how it's made segment there. Or something. We we can set up studio in our R and D facility, and we don't we need two mics. That's yeah, we it. need two Portable. mics and some Dr yeah. Pepper. We yep. can we can scrunch in the cab of the seventy seven and do it. I, I, there, I oh. like that. Okay, so I, I like. I that. mean, walking into our R and D facility, we have all the modern vehicles, you know, and all that stuff, and. 
uh, we bought this 77. We, we've been storing it in there, and you open the door now, and it smells like tire and oil. Like an old boat. It's like you can, it's like, mm, yeah. yeah, it's good. Old trucks yeah. smell right. That's right. Yeah, they're righteous. So, oh, we need a shirt that says that. Old, old trucks, trucks are smell, right, they smell righteous? Yeah. That, that, that's that, I mean, that'd be shirt. solid. Yeah. We the could, other, the other we one give is, those away at SEMA. lightning is accidentally offensive. That's the other <laughs> one. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, if you guys need some awesome truck accessories made in America for your truck, your Jeep, your Bronco, whatever, head over to DZ.com. That's D-E-E-Z-E-E.com. And of course, on all the socials, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, it's at DZMFG. So DZ Manufacturing, D-E-E-Z-E-E-M-F-G. Josh, thanks for coming out. I mean, I know like I, we owe you a trip because you made yeah, a trip out to see us. For sure. Uh, we appreciate your support of the podcast over the years. And uh, for all of our listeners, uh, head over to DZ.com and pick yourself up some goods. We appreciate it. And uh, thank you for the chokehold. You're welcome. Yeah, you can, put, you can, uh, you can practice that. I want to see what happens when we go to Iowa next. Yeah, we'll, he's not. No, he's Iowa like, rules. Yeah, we'll get you. We'll get you know. He'll, he'll kill Iowa me. is a different world. Uh, you know, I grew up in Kansas in California. There's a little bit of wrestling here. Yeah, there was virtually no wrestling in Kansas. In Iowa, like the high school wrestling championship, it's like football. There'll be twenty thousand people. What <laughs> in attendance for like four days? Straight. If you wrestle lightning, I can guarantee five. Yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> thousand. Yeah, I mean, it's always kind of been an inside joke. Is uh, you know, like you go to uh, different customers, and there's always the guy that, that wants to grapple. No, no, no. There's the guy that everybody else wants you to grapple. <laughs> yeah, and that's so, Billy over there. Yeah. So there's so there's like, hey, we could probably raise five thousand dollars for charity if you could convince so and so. I won't say any names. Really. And, it, it's only happened once. Does so he far. wear overalls with no undershirt? No, it's it's happened one time on a customer trip, where said marketing person <laughs> may or may not have challenged this young kid that wrestled, uh-huh. and asked me which one's better, wrestling or jiu-jitsu. And of course, me, I said jiu-jitsu. Uh-huh. So she draws the line in the sand, and she goes, "Okay, let's find out." And I, I, I looked at the kid; he's probably twenty-five, twenty-six. Still works at the customer today. And I said, "My only rule is when it hurts, tap. Yeah, just say tap." Yeah. Or just tap me yeah. so I can stop, okay? He's like, fine, whatever. I said, you can pick wherever you want to start. And he's like, okay, I want you on your back. I'm like, okay, where do you want? And he goes, I'm a, he's a wrestler. He's like, I'm going to be right. Wait, wait. S- starts you on your back? Yeah. So you're laying down like you... Correct. All at right. at, at well, a disadvantage in his mind. Okay. Well, in jiu-jitsu, working on my back is I have all kinds of submissions. So he comes up and starts to like pressure me. So I butterfly sweep him. Go to mount and start tapping him on his forehead, just messing with him. <laughs> he reaches up and pushes, and I armbar him within like eight seconds. This all happens. Like, we're in a foreign country at a resort, and all the waiters are around watching, <laughs> and they're all like, you know, speaking Spanish to each other, pointing and stuff. And the, the kid is just heartbroken. He's like, you know, he's been that guy his whole life that's got everything. And then. Like, and then he doesn't. But he was intoxicated, so hopefully. <laughs> he oh no, no, he'll remember. Yeah. So the moral he, of that story is he's devastated him. Don't be the underdog. Go with DZ. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like that. There you go. Don't be the underdog. Go with DZ. I'm right. out. <laughs> All right, it's mail time. Where's the jingle? Found it. I'm looking for the mailman. <laughs> you email, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Holman, you're going to have to go first. I'm going to eat a uh, Oreo cookie because I'm starving. Oh, oh, I want a Jack in the Box taco right oh, now. That, oh, that sounds good. Yeah, yeah. it kind of does sound good, doesn't it?
No, don't eat into the. Oh. This isn't ASMR. Oh. Like, I'll just, turn my mic off for a minute. Yeah, could, could you turn you off for a minute? How long do you want? I can read all these if you want to just keep eating no, cookies. I'm almost done. That's disgusting. All right, uh, got the first letter here uh, from Matt Glynn, AV Prospector XL. Hey, guys, I just want to let you know that I really enjoy the show. You have a good mix of deep dives and humor, including the jingles. Thanks to Holman for introducing me to AV vehicles and talking about the type of company they are. I recently purchased a 2018... That's the first time I've ever uh, rang your bell. Uh, <laughs> so to speak. Uh, I recently purchased the 2018 Ram 2500 Prospector XL Diesel. I did have a 2008 Ram 2500 Mega Cab Diesel with a third and three-inch lift, Bilstein 5100s, and 35s. I pur- That's a man with some good taste. That's right. I purchased the truck with never driving it, so I was really nervous about spending this amount of money on something I hadn't even sat in. It turned out to be awesome. It's the best riding three-quarter ton truck I've ever been in. The suspension is so well thought out and works very well that it drives much smaller than it is. I have four miles of farm country gravel to my house, and the washboards are hardly felt. My old truck would shake the dash and slide around. I'm a shade tree mechanic. I've installed or helped install about 15 lift kits from many different manufacturers, and they never quite drive the same. The Prospector, on the other hand, drives better. Again, thanks for all the great info and confidence you have in AV that helped me with my purchase. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. And that's from uh, Matt Glenn. So he uh, sent us a picture of his new Prospector XL, new to him, and his old truck. And that's a man. Those Prospectors look great. I got a got a Prospector XL coming in. Uh, I think on Monday. I'll be curious about. I am putting a, uh, a a pedal monster in Monster Ram, a Ram air intake, nice. an exhaust. He'll have the first article on the exhaust, and oh, a diff cover. I think that's. It. I, I want you to drive that because if you've never driven an XL, literally when Matt says it drives better than stock, it's mind blowing how how amazing those things drive. So I want your take when you uh, get behind the wheel. I would uh, love to, and I think he I think he will let me. Actually, he's a pretty cool dude. It's an expensive truck to loan to a guy like me. Well, you just take it around the block. I mean, you're yeah. not taking take it home. No, no, I'm super respectful with uh, with with customers' vehicles. Very very respectful. This one's uh, from Ronnie. Hey, guys, can't believe I'm admitting this, but I'm going to have to side with Lightning yet again. I don't think so. Yeah, I'm, I'm air high-fiving you there, Ronnie. Nope. Ram does not have the build quality rep that it once had. Uh, I disagree. I think it's way better than it used to be because it used to be horrible was the, was the uh, rep. I think the engines have always been good. The body has been questionable in the no. interiors. Not since the newer trucks with uh, the 09 body style change. Uh, bodies have been awesome. Like in terms of um, all of the long-term vehicles we've had, 20,000 miles usually in a year, lots of off-roading. I've never had any body integrity issues in terms of creaks, rattles, structure. I remember our 2015 F-150, the first year of the Illumina body mm-hmm. F-150. Yep. That thing after 16,000 miles was as creaky as anything I've ever driven. Really? And our TRX, our long-termer that is about to go back, that has 17,000 miles on it, and it's been hucked, it's been driven hard, it's been slid, it's been rock crawled, and there's still not one creak in that body. So I'll tell you, Ram body integrity in terms of squeaks and rattles have been really good. Anything since 09 is, is pretty solid. Things before that, the the Ram that had the drop fenders with the semi-truck, mm-hmm. those trucks, the interiors are pretty ratty, they're pretty plasticky, they'd fall apart. So I totally agree with that, but I... I honestly think Ram has gotten a lot better than it was, say, 10 years ago. Okay. Let's uh, continue. So he says, uh, my 21 Ram Rebel had 10,000 babied miles on it before it grenaded the rack and pinion system, forcing it to sit at the dealer while they shipped replacement parts from the factory in Mexico. 
Holman, you may remember us discussing this issue when we uh, met at the SHOT Show. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so this is, uh, again, Ronnie. So I love my truck and was willing to write that off as a fluke until it started to fail again. I decided to get out while I could and sold the truck back to Ram. Since we're talking about Ram failures, what can you tell me about the 6.7 Cummins grid heater failures? My friend's 2017 Ram 3500 suffered engine failure after one of the intake grid heater bolts corroded and lodged itself into one of the cylinders, which by the way happens typically on cylinder six. Apparently, this is a known issue to a point that banks made a video about it. It seems that supply chain issues, chip shortages, and inventory are wreaking havoc on the industry, but manufacturers are demanding a premium. I think I'll save a buck on truck payments and drop them into my C10. Five future stars when I swipe the wife's phone and work phone. Ronnie Chilton. Also, P.S. Congrats both of you on the new truck purchases. I don't know who I should be more envious of. Um, so, so you, gotta, you, I, you covered the build issue. Yeah, I, I'll just add one more thing is I had a Rebel. We had a 2019 and had zero issues on it. I think every manufacturer has their problems. I mean, that's sounds like the same part. I didn't have any rack issues on ours, but maybe there's a bad batch. Maybe it's a bad design. I don't know, but not my experience. Um, and it wasn't like he had like five other problems with the truck. Like it was a very specific issue to what he was having. So right, right, right. Um, so the grid heater failure uh, mostly is occurring with guys who are using the grid heater a lot. There are so where your twelve volt power source comes down. It's a probably a, a single lot or double lot lead that comes straight from it's a fused from your battery. And that's what energizes your grid heater. It goes to a piece of plastic to isolate it. And on the bottom side, there's a bolt with a nut. And this nut, over time, gets hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold, deforms, and basically drips down, falls off. It just breaks and falls off. So you end up with a, it's about a half inch piece of bolt with a nut on it and goes straight down into the intake plenum. And makes and just basically rolls, rattles its way it back, rattles yeah. its way down to cylinder six most often. And what we discovered is that engine failures. The guys just think that there are they chalk it up to various issues. But according to mechanics that frequently work on these six seven, when a bolt goes through your turbo, that's bad. It's not. Yeah, it's getting chewed up before it goes through your turbo. It's getting slammed into the wall and into the piston and into the top of the head. And in some cases, they can machine the head and fix the engine. All right, if there's just if it's if they can. But what's the fix for the problem? The fix for the problem, as far as we're concerned at Banks, is a different bolt. Is the monster ram? Nope. Is the monster ram? Because you take out the grid heater. We remove the grid heater. But what about people who live in cold areas? The the monster ram has a coil style heater that sits vertically Mm. in the monster ram, and to inspect it, like is it is it deteriorating over time? You can literally just take a wrench and slide it out like you would a spark plug right out the top, and literally. Hold it in your hand and go, okay, that looks great. Slide it right back in. So that is the issue. You, you cannot get to that grid heater because you've got, it's, it's, it's a well, four-hour si- job. And the, six is, the cylinder six is under the cowl, basically, right? Because it's so far back in the engine compartment. Well, forget that. You've already – if you want to inspect the bottom of your grid heater, mm-hmm. you might as well just change the grid heater at that point. It's so much work. You've wow. got to remove the fuel rail, okay? All, all the fuel lines have to come up. You've got to pull the stock intake elbow off. Like it's a, it's a, it's an ordeal. It sucks. But I will say this: it it happens more with the trucks that are using the grid heater more often. Sure. So Minnesota, Canada, yeah. you know those California trucks might not have that. It issue. It might not have that issue. But if you're using that grid heater a lot, 
it's a danger zone. And again, the thing is, is that guys are just saying, your engine failed. We're going to swap the entire engine. So the the problem is like underreported. Yeah. The guys aren't saying this They're not is, recognizing what the causation of the engine failure was. That's exactly right. So listen, if you are concerned, the only solution that I'm aware of as of today is the bank's Monster M. And this, I know it sounds like a sales pitch. It's not. It's just- we designed the grid heater away as part of this system. All right, got this one from uh, RB. It says, Dana Tour, thanks. Holman, thank you and Dana for the amazing tour of their awesome engineering labs, gobsmacking content, well described by the combination of you and the folks at Dana. My mind's eye had no trouble envisioning every part of the tour. Don't sell yourself short. Had you chosen to attend engineering school, you probably would have been a dynamite automotive engineer. I've been a mechanical engineer for 35 years, machine tool design, the original 3D printers, biomed production tooling. I've worked with all types of engineering disciplines and individual personalities and abilities of engineers, so I can tell you truthfully that your natural curiosity, aptitude, and enthusiasm would make you a great engineer. Well, Ray, I appreciate that. I, uh, my family uh, is close to a lot of Boeing engineers who are in rockets and things, so I grew up with a lot of uh, my parents' friends. It doesn't make you smarter. No, it doesn't Sorry. make me smarter, but it, <laughs> it, it gave me an idea of how to talk engineers. And so when I go to automotive stuff, the one thing I've been good with my whole career is, is distilling like complicated engineering things into something that the average person could understand. They tell me a bunch of engineering gobbledygook, and then I say, it does, blah, blah, blah. And then you go, oh, okay, I get it now. Ray, continues, You'd also be good in marketing. Uh, I could be, uh, maybe. He says, I've known uh, way too many book smart engineers who did well in school but aren't worth a damn as engineers. In fact, they're dangerous. You're the opposite of that. You're thirst for knowledge. You pay attention to, and you never assume that you know it all. Well, I mean, sometimes. He says, uh, if I was a Jim Morrison or one of his counterparts at Ford, GM, Nissan, Dana, I'd have made you an honorary engineer long ago. So not blowing smoke, just stating the facts. I've been an engineer long enough to be fully and accurately calibrated on the characteristics of good engineers and bad engineers. So let yourself be comfortable with your technical abilities. The only thing you lack is a certain series of classes called engineering curriculum. You have the natural talent and tendencies to have been a great engineer had you chosen to go that route. That's from our friend Ray. And Ray, I do. I really appreciate that. I you know, I, I like talking to engineers. I like learning things. I'm, I'm, I'm naturally curious about how things work, and I love to explain it to people. But, you know, I don't always know if I'm doing a good job at that. You know, I think that I think I do. I, I, I try my best. And so to get that uh, affirmation from you is, uh, is, is very appreciated. Thank you. To our friend Ray. Lightning, you suck. No way, really? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, I was just trying to offset. I was just trying to offset oh, from raising oh, you. That He's it. blowing up your dress, oh, and I wanted to come back with like, yeah, that I, I'm, I'm oh, the worst thing I'm of the show. Really excited about that. Sorry, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't mean to hit the bell that many times or that hard. Uh, that uh, nope, I wrote that email to myself. <laughs> uh, no, this one is from uh, Trevor, and he says uh, the subject line of the email is this week on the Catalytic Converter Podcast, and then. The body of it says, yeah, I can't wait to hear next week's episode. <laughs> Is that because you went into a half-hour conversation about catalytic uh, converters, catalytic converters from how do welds mufflers? And catalytic converter theft, yes. You know what? Listen, Holman gets to go on these long diatribes about roof racks for Jeeps. Why can't I talk about catalytic converters? Every single one, there? Every single one of our trucks has one. See what you did there? You know what I'm saying? You go on a diatribe. Just asking questions. Curious. No, that's not true. Sometimes you go on diatribes. Like your entire install of Expel and your new TRX? Yeah. Okay, just checking. I'm not saying we don't both do that. <laughs> but you're just pointing out that I do it. Yes. You don't <laughs> okay. get off scot-free. 
All right, I got this one from uh, Drew Reed. It says, Holman and Lightning, felt like a rock star when I heard you read my email a few weeks ago. The drops you played were amazing, but I've learned that a few things will just never happen on the Truck Show podcast. One, there will never be a toe Two. Oh, whoa, whoa. Uh, easy. Oh, no, no, no problem. Not yet. Not yet. Oh, really? Not just leave it. Okay. Leave it alone. All right. Two. Lightning will never get a frontier for a month, as somebody promised. <laughs> cough, Holman, cough. <laughs> and finally. Oh, that's so true. It You sucks. will never make it to the Florida truck meet again. There's no again there. We, we never made the Florida truck meet in the first place. This is the first one. Well, he's Daytona. We've been several years. Uh, he says, but that being said, I know the perfect way to make it up to Jordan. You need to let Jordan and Emmy do an entire show by themselves. I personally think it would be hilarious for Emmy to just start button smashing all the drops. She'd probably do a better job than Lightning anyway. <laughs> That's funny. I could, could you imagine if you and I weren't allowed to interject and we just let them do their own podcast? And just rag on us the whole time? And we were in here staring at No, I couldn't do it. No, I couldn't that do it be either. That would be too hard. But as always, boys, keep up the good work and keep the barbecue top coming. Yeah, buddy. I'm going to give him some Finnegan for that. Yeah, buddy. And five stars. Congratulations. You have earned five stars. And uh, that was Drew from Canada. Uh, subject line is uh, best eco-diesel engine from Blake. Hey, Lightning and Holman, I had a question for y'all. What is your opinion of the best eco-diesel on the market right now? Mm, that's weird because... There's okay. only one. Yeah, there's only one eco-diesel engine. Does he mean vehicles that... So, that wrap around the eco diesel, maybe, or does he mean do they leave out tuner? Maybe? I don't know. Well, he says I'm considering looking into them, but wasn't sure if they would be a good fit considering I won't be hauling much and typically only driving on the weekends. Thanks for the great show, y'all host, with uh, all the useful information. Your five stars in my book. Five star review. Five stars. So available right now is only the Ram and then the two Jeeps, the JL, the JT. So Wrangler Gladiator. You used to be able to get the Grand uh, Cherokee. You can't get it anymore. Uh, the only things I would say is the early ones that are in the Grand Cherokees. My understanding is there was a oil viscosity change where it was too thin and they had some bearing issues early on. So the standard was changed from a zero weight to a five weight or something like that. And those issues went away. The second generation one seems to be pretty reliable, except for people who have either bad diesel fuel or have fragged a CP4 pump where mm-hmm. you get shrapnel through the fuel lines. And I, there's a couple people I know that have had that problem with a bad, with a well, bad pump. Well, yeah, there, there's a recall on that now, too, yeah. if you saw. So the that aside, like if as long as you have a good pump and, and you're using good fuel, uh, I think it's livelier in the Wrangler and the Gladiator. It's not as sluggish. There's not as much turbo lag. You can fix some of that with like a Banks Derringer or Pedal Monster or whatever uh, in the Ram also. If you're not hauling and towing, it's fine. It gets great fuel economy. You get 30 miles per gallon on the Ram and like 25, 26 It's an amazing engine. Jeep. I've been in countless yeah. Jeeps. Like, I mean, we we have one almost every single day at Banks, yeah. whether it's a JL or a JT. Not as many Rams for whatever reason. You'd think that I'm always seeing it, it the It would trucks. be better on the Ram, yeah. It, it, it's uh, No, you'd think that you'd see those more. Well, I'm saying that the, the demand would be higher in the Ram. Right, right, right. And it's not. It's become... Really, really popular with Huge the Jeep the guys. Jeeps, yeah. yeah. It's weird because t- to me, in, in the Ram world, if you want a diesel, you step up into the 6.7 liter, right? The big boy. But in the Jeep world, if you're the baller, you go from the gas 3.6 or the tour. Well, it's because you want range off road and you want torque. And you want the torque. Yeah. So, but, but that's in the Ram world. Or it's if you're lower. the real baller, you go for a 392. No, but check it out. That's true. But like, it's weird how they're different. So in the Ram world, the, the, the three liter is lesser. And in the Jeep world, the three liter is the baller. Yeah. 
All right, I uh, got this one from Hayden Tree. It says, Dear Lighting and Holman, I've been a listener since the single-digit episodes and have appreciated all the great truck content. I still frequently wear my Truck Show podcast T-shirt. Oh, wow, he is an original listener because we sent them out in the beginning. Uh, thank you. For a few years, I went technology-free while volunteering in the Pacific and in the United States and fell behind on the state of the truck market. With supply shortages, gas prices, and different governmental decisions, owning trucks is pretty expensive, leading me to my question of what are some of the best trucks on the used market from the last five to ten years that you think are underrated? Or what are some of the most overrated trucks during the same time? It would be interesting to hear your opinions. Like Coleman recently shared his thoughts on the modern taco. While I was living in the South Pacific, I drove the Tacoma's cousin, the Toyota Hilux, and I was impressed with his capabilities in the island jungles that I drove through. Despite loving the Hilux, I doubt I would ever buy a Tacoma because of how expensive they are, new or used. With ICE having its last glory days, what are some of the best enthusiast trucks that are still attainable at a reasonable price? Also, I'm planning a trip to the L.A. area and wondering what your top recommendations for cool automotive sites to check out are or a few good places to eat. On that note, In-N-Out is good, but as a proud Idahoan, I am disgusted by the quality of their fries. Sincerely, Hayden. Well, wow, lots to unpack there. So let's start with the in and out issue. Yep. The quality of the fries is not a quality issue. Those are actually Idaho potatoes from your freaking area yeah, the, that are made fresh. It's it's a taste thing and they're Oh, uh, it's they're some people say they're soggy. Or they're floppy. Soggy? Yeah. No, like, I, I don't yeah. say either. I just think that they don't have as much flavor as as other fries. Well, here's what I would say. Order them well done. Because when they're cooked longer, they're crispier and they're perfect. But they don't have more flavor. Like if you're looking, I, for, I don't think they need more flavor. If you want more flavor, you're like Del Taco fries. Well, that's because you're getting a battered or, you know, fry yeah, that's been frozen. These right. are not; these are fresh, whatever. So that's in and out. I I listen. Order them either animal style or animal style well done, and it'll serve you serve you well. Okay, uh, top L.A. area recommendations. Got to go to the Peterson Automotive Museum for sure. You got to go to the uh, what's the one down in Orange County? So, the Marconi. The Marconi. The Marconi is great. Uh, you you have if you're here on a weekend. Any cars Saturday, cars, if, unless it's raining, yep. cars and coffee. I'm t- Listen to me carefully. Any Saturday, oh. cars and coffee in San Clemente. NHRA Museum in Pomona. Oh, it's great. That yep. would be another great one to go to. Yep. Um, you need to go up Angeles Crest Highway on a Saturday for a good or drive. Sunday for looking, a great drive. Yep, yep. For a good drive. I would send them to the Rock Store in Mulholland, but that whole stretch is kind of closed down now. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, car culture in California happens everywhere. And uh, there's a few good apps that you can download that kind of tell you the car shows that are coming around and stuff. Roadster. Oh, oh. Roadster. It's banging. I'm telling you, we're we're on the verge yeah, ro- of ro- like, Roadster's about to explode. That's R-O-D-R-O-A-D-S-T-R. R-O-A-D-S-T-R. Also, Donut Derelicts in Huntington Beach on, uh, was it Sunday? No, Saturday morning. It's Saturday morning because that's yeah, right but it's before Cars and Coffee. Super early. It's like 4.35 in the morning, and it's one of the best impromptu car shows that's been going on forever. These are the old school guys. And I wouldn't so much say it's impromptu stuff. anymore because well, it's, it's every. So, the but it used is, to be like it was like that was before. That was even before cars and coffee. Yeah, yeah. There's a bunch in. Um, so you can hit. There's Supercar Sunday up in the San Fernando Valley. That's on Sundays again. But Saturday morning, Donuts and Derelicts in Huntington Beach. It's over, so you can get to Cars and Coffee in time. Like yep. it's. It ends Legit. early, and you eat donuts. Like it's it's like when the donuts are uh, fresh, so warm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, as far as uh, places to eat, uh, that's the one thing I'll say about California and our pompousness is we literally have the best of everything. Whether you like Mexican food, Italian food, Vietnamese food, Chinese food, American food, Italian food, it doesn't matter. We literally have everybody here, and there is almost no bad whatever food that you're interested in. There's so many great restaurants. Here's the solution. You text us or you you DM you DM us. 
Yeah, or at, at tell LBC us where Lightning. you're at, what city you're in, yeah, what you're at interested. LBC Lightning or yeah. at Sean P. Holman. You tell yeah. us what city, what area code you're going to be in, yeah. and we'll give you a couple so, of some ideas yeah. of, of, of what to do. All right, uh, so on to the question about trucks. What are the most underrated trucks from the last five to ten years? For sure, a Nissan Frontier. So uh, my buddy Lawson, his kid is turning uh, 18, and they were looking at Tacomas. And I said, seriously, look at a Nissan Frontier. I said, it's it's cheaper because it doesn't have Toyota on it. And it's, it's just as reliable. Tacoma's, yeah. It's it's more. The Tacoma has a has a riveted C-channel frame in the back. Uh, it has drum brakes. You get discs with the Nissan. You get a fully boxed frame with the Nissan. You get all the componentry tucked up underneath the frame rail. You get Bill Steins on the Pro 4X. You better get a stereo. Rear locker. You get a better, uh, yeah, you get a better stereo with Rockford Fosgate on the higher end models. You get a 32-inch tire. You get full skid plates. It's just a great truck, and we, I, they found one, and I went and, and picked it up when he bought it, and couldn't be happier with the purchase, and, and they're way more affordable. So that's definitely one of the most underrated. I'd also say, as far as like the big trucks and sort of underrated- Are you going to say half ton or well, three I was gonna say, ton? I was going to say the, uh, was it the Ram Express? That's the one that was a regular cab. It was kind of like at college students who were buying their first truck. It's a Ram regular cab or, or extended cab 1500 that had the sport hood, body colored bumpers, body colored rockers with a 5.7 Hemi, yeah. but cloth interior and a rubber floor. Those were great trucks because they're super light. They've got the Hemi, they've got the sport hood and the monochromatic look on the outside. And they were really affordable because they're going after that new, like, first time truck buyer. I think that that's something that people should definitely consider, and of course Honda Ridgelines all day long. No, no. I think uh, that's that's where you let them astray. Uh, and then he asked for what are some of the most overrated trucks of the five, last five to ten years. Obviously, I, I got to go with Tacoma. Yeah. Although the, the issue isn't that the, the the Tacoma of ten years ago is not an overrated truck. It's just really expensive comparative to everything else, and sometimes that matters, and sometimes it gets bad. Ten years ago, like a, a Tacoma that old is a great truck. Getting five, four, three, two, one. It's been outclassed by the vehicles that you know have come out recently. Chevy Colorado, uh, which should definitely be on that list. Even a non-ZR2 like a Z71. What, of overrated? No, 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 no. Oh. Uh, of of under. Uh, sorry, of underrated trucks, oh, especially okay. um, the earlier gas with the six-speed instead of the eight-speed before they made the transmission swap with the three-six. Still plenty powerful Z71 well, on that. What, what, what do you think is overrated, though? Oh, you just talked yeah. about the Tacoma the being Taco- overrated. I think the Tacoma's overrated. I pretty think, much it. I think the Tundra's pretty overrated, too. It's a pretty average truck, and the interior on those is just eh. It's very, it's very much an appliance to me. It's not sexy on the inside. Yeah, I've always, and I've been vocal about this on the show, I've always really liked the exterior of the Tacoma, but the interior... Mm. Yeah, the the Tacoma exterior is awesome. I don't really like the Tundra I'm interior. Sorry, I'm origin. sorry, I'm sorry. T- the Tundra. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sorry. A, the Tundra. I really have always liked the exterior. The cab Ford kind of look and stuff. I like it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a fan. I just think that's a ho hum average truck. I think that's really overrated. Um, I think there's certain years of F150 that are are overrated. That probably yeah, I think the competition's better. But really, on the big trucks, they're all kind of the same. You know they have their pluses and minuses. They're all they're all pretty. Whether it's a Chevy, a Ram, or a Ford, they're pretty comparable. Just taste. Yeah, it's really. I think so. Um, I don't think there's a whole lot of. You know, I think a Honda Ridgeline is actually overrated. Gonerman would say it would be underrated because he loves those things. But yeah, I mean, those are the ones that come to mind. I can't. I don't know. I can't think of anything. No, that's good. I think we get. We right. did we answer his question. Yeah, we checked all the boxes. All right. Jeep questions uh, from Thomas. Although this is probably uh, geared towards home, and let's find out. Light bug and holy water. 
Whoa. You know what grinds my gears? For years, Wrangler owners have wanted the option of a V8 in the Wrangler, and it wasn't until the very end of the V8 that they do the last hoorah and build a 392 Wrangler that very few can obtain or even afford. My question is, why couldn't they have put a regular 5.7 Hemi in a bunch of the Wrangler lineup? That's all we ever really wanted. As dope as the 392 is, only ballers like Holman can get a hold of one. Ooh, I'm a baller. I've reached baller stats. Yeah. Haven't bought it yet, guys. Was it EPA regs that kept them from making a uh, V8 for so long? Kind of a bummer. Also, with all this talk about the 3-liter straight six, do you think there's a probability that this engine will make it into a Wrangler or even the Gladiator? I think I'd finally buy a JT if it had a better gasser in it. Thanks for the great show and keep them coming. Thomas A. All right. Uh, on the 3-liter, I would love to see it in the Wrangler. I don't know for sure if it's coming. My guess is that it probably is coming. Uh, how rad would it be to have over 400 horsepower and a high-output straight six Amazing. in the Wrangler, in a gasser? I mean, yeah, and, fun. And I've driven that engine. I can't really talk about it still because the embargo hasn't lifted on it, but I can't wait. can't wait to tell you more about it. But I would tell you that in that package, it would be phenomenal, in my opinion. Um, why didn't they? So roundabout story. Do go, they just not believe that people would buy it? No, 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 no. There, there's always a business case. You have to remember companies like AEV or America's Most Wanted or uh, Burnsville or any of those companies that did V8 swaps. To do a V8 swap was around thirty dollars to $35,000. So, and that's using as much OE componentry and stuff and, and all that. You got to remember, JK had one engine. It was the 3.8 liter V6 push rod out of the minivan, and then it was the 3.6 Pentastar. Those were the only engines that came. Now you have a JL. Out of all the engines that have been in the, since 2018 when it came out, you've got the 2 liter turbo. You've got the 2 liter turbo with e torque. You've got the 2 liter turbo plug in, which is the 4xE. You've got the 3 liter eco diesel. You've got the 3.6 Pentastar. You got the 3.6 Pentastar uh, e torque. And you now have the 392. That's a lot. That's a crazy amount of engines. Now, what I will say is the more fuel-efficient ones made it possible to put the V8 in it. You didn't have that trade-off in JK. And the reason it took so long? Well, because it needed to be engineered to fit the V8. Think about it this way. It's possible now. Part of it was all these engines that are fuel-efficient, right? It allows you to have a, le- a lesser fuel-efficient engine. But also, Is that because of carbon credits? Yeah, offsets and all that kind of stuff. Okay. But also... Uh, Tim Kaniskis, who was literally the Hellcat everything guy from Dodge, ran Jeep for a while before Jim came back. While he was there, his pet project was J9, which is the code word for 392. And he really wanted 392. He left before it ever went to Gladiator or anything like that. 392 is not coming to Gladiator. For everybody who's holding out and going, oh, I'm going to get in my Gladiator, it's not coming. Really? It's, it's not happening. Why? Because he was able to sneak it under the goal line before it, it went, you know, it, couldn't go, it didn't go anywhere else, right? Mm. So... Now go to Y57 versus 6.4. If you're going to do the same swap with the engine, wouldn't you rather have a 6.4 with 470 horsepower than a 5.7 with like 400 horsepower, right? Like if you're already doing all the legwork, why not get a premium on the price, make it a performance version? And also at the same time, was around the time the SRT team was sort of disbanding. And a lot of those SRT teams, they're the ones who are responsible for you know putting the V8 into the Wrangler. And so they're going to put their performance engine into the chassis. If you're going to spend all that money and all that and take the hit on your fuel economy, why not make it the best option you have in the Just portfolio? Just balls to the wall. Just do it. Like, make it happen. Do it the right way. So there was no middle ground of 5.7 truck engine in it. I, I, I get the sentiment. I would have been interested in that, too. But I don't think the price would have been that different. Would I rather have the 5.7 or the 6.4? No. 
If the 6.4 is available, why not, right? Like, it's it's a fantastic engine, and it's been proven, well, it's a, racetracks it's, everywhere. It's a and, true premium product, right? For sure. And, and they, and it would, well, probably a lot more profit, right? I would, well, I would imagine. yeah, I would imagine because you can make, I mean, I don't think it costs any more to put the 6.4 in. No, what I'm in. saying, I, I think just like. But you can charge more for it because it's a premium Yeah, piece. that's right. It's yeah. a marquee, so, it's a Halo product. So that's sort of like the, the Cliff Notes, may not be 100% accurate, but that's sort of like the overview of uh, of it, five seven was never going to come to Wrangler, and three ninety two is not coming to um, Gladiator. Oh man! But you're, you're breaking but hearts, this, my friend. But this is where that straight six could be an amazing product in the Gladiator. Could be amazing. I I I really hope that that is where that's headed because uh, Pentastar is not going to be around forever, and the two liter turbo obviously is not offered in Gladiator because it has such high towing and cooling and. You know, all that kind of stuff, requirements for payload and all the things that it has. That three liter, sweet, sweet mm. piece. All right, I got this one from uh, Caden Seidel. says, hello, Holman and Lightning. I'm very far behind in your guys' show due to not as much free time to listen with my new job, but I am on episode 145 listening to Holman talk about everyone getting big with the new Ram TRX. And this strikes a memory I think you guys would love to hear from high school. In my town every year, they have a tough truck event and people entertain the crown by finding the wackiest stuff to jump and get the best crowd reaction. Well, back in high school, I had this idea to jump one of our old farm trucks in 1979 C30 Camper Special, yes. Crew Cab Chevy Dooley. Ooh, must have been a 3 plus 3. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll tell you what, those old trucks fly and lay frame like a dream. We landed so hard it ripped the clutch pedal assembly through the floor. Truck still ran, and we test drove it in the pits and could power shift the transmission just fine in the pits. Well, we went for our second run. We nosedived off the last jump due to not being able to get the trans to shift. Ended up going to the ER, compressed discs in my back, oh, no. and tore the tendons attached to my spine. Oh, no. Needless to say, we found out that we had one best of show from my ER room. <laughs> Hope you enjoy the pictures. Hold on. There you go. Hope you enjoy the pictures and keep up the great work, you two. First two pictures are the first run. Last picture is the one that got me the ride in the ambulance. And oh my God, look at those photos. Let's see here. So, oh, look at it. Nose dive. So, first off, it's oh. that dude, it's I hurt four feet off the ground that. at yeah. least. And it compresses all the way down square on the second one. Oh. And then that last one just nose diving. Yeah. That is so cool that he's got those shots. Yeah, I love it. All right, this uh, subject line is big props to you clowns. Eric Davis writes, <laughs> hey, guys, just wanted to give you guys both props for practicing what you preach. Holman, I've been listening to you preach about the golden era of cars and to get them before they're gone. So I can appreciate the fact that Lightning went out and got a TRX and you're getting a 392. I'm insanely jealous as I don't have the means to uh, live that life as I'm getting ready to order a more sensible Eco Diesel Ram 1500 to take care of my daily driving and occasional hauling around of my CJ8 and a small travel trailer in the future. Uh, he's, his lifestyle's just fine. It's absolutely just fine. Uh, being with that, might as well ask Lightning if you could only afford one of the three items, which bank's product would you recommend for the Eco Diesel? A Pedal Monster, a Derringer, or iDash? Well, ooh, okay, start with the. Pedal Monster iDash combo. And I know you said one of the three, but I really feel that Eco Diesel, I've said it before, it's an amazing engine, but it's got crazy turbo lag. The Pedal Monster will cure most of that. And the iDash you need because that dashboard doesn't show you much. And being able to shift, being able to adjust the Pedal Monster on the fly through the iDash and get all those parameters is, uh, that's, that's the package. So, uh, 
Petal Monster that's and the beans. That's the beans. Faux show. I, I think I would do, uh, if I had to choose one, it would be the Petal Monster on that particular truck. Yeah, so we're in agreement. But I'm saying it's offered with as, the as iDash. A, yeah, as I say, as a package, if if that fits your, fits your uh, budget, that's definitely the way to go. But if you can only choose one, which was the original question. Then you got to do the Petal Monster stand Petal Monster. Because I think the enjoyment of driving your truck is it's something you'll feel every day when you drive it. And you'll enjoy it every day when you drive it that much more. Yeah. And then when you're towing that travel trailer and you need some actual extra horsepower, then you add the Derringer. Wow. What a show. That was a lot. We packed in a uh, 10 pounds and a 5 pound sack. Is that what we did? Might have been 20, but yeah. <laughs> all right. I think we did all right. The truck show. The truck show. The truck show. Oh, oh. Whoa, whoa, whoa. If you want to uh, hit us up on the socials, you can slide into Lightning's DMs for some Bakes product, LBC Lightning, at LBC Lightning, I should yes. say, uh, at Sean P. Holman or at Truck Show Podcast. And, of course, you can always reach out to us on the five-star hotline, 657-205-6105. And we'd love to hear from you, each and every one of you. More emails, please, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. We complain about this studio being hot. It is really hot today. So it's now 12.01 a.m. Nope. Nope. It's 12.02 a.m. Oh, my God. It's (laughs) 12.02 a.m. 12.02 a.m. Think Jack in the Box is closed? I really want a taco right now. I think it's too late because it's just going to sit in your gullet and it ain't going to be digested. And you're going to wake up at 7 a.m. Nope. That's taco. You want to hear it sucks? What? I got to wake up at 6 because my hit kid has cross-country practice tomorrow morning. Oh, my God. Dude. I might not just I, – maybe I just won't go to bed. No, you need to go to bed because you'll be miserable. Uh, I have to be at work at 7 a.m. So it's uh, – uh. All right. Go us. <laughs> Put in the hours. Holy uh. mackerel. I, well, listen, we appreciate you guys. If you can leave us a five-star review on the uh, Apple Podcast app, we'd, we'd greatly appreciate it. We're doing this for $0.00. And uh, we'd love you for it. So uh, give us a five-star review on the Apple Podcast app. Yes, you can do it on Spotify. And yes, we thank you for that. But it really matters most on the Apple Podcast app. So, um, hey, listen, thank you very much to uh, Nissan, our presenting sponsor, for uh, for being with us all these years and making such an awesome truck like the Frontier or the Titan that has the best warranty in the business, five-year, 100,000 miles. And it's just um, high-five to you guys. And also uh, high-five to BakesPower.com who can uh, get all of your uh, pedal lag ills away with the Pedal Monster, patented, and it also has a safety, and mm-hmm. will go back to stock and reverse so that you uh, don't back your trailer up and make yourself a, uh, a subject of qualified captain because you couldn't <laughs> control your throttle. By the way, one of the best pages on Instagram. Uh-huh. Uh, if you're looking for any uh, kind of product for your truck that includes ram air diff covers and gauges and tuners and all that good EPA, street legal Smog legal. 50 state emissions compliant is what you meant to say. Stuff that will make your vehicle work better. Head over to bankspower.com. And when your job is to keep your family safe and not lost out on the trail. What if your job is a magazine guy who does off-roading for a living and you need to find cool trails to test off-road trucks on? Then you need Onyx Maps. Oh, I got that. Well, that's it. That's all we got. Oh, that's all we got. That's okay. it. Onyxmaps.com. <laughs> all right. Head to onyxmaps.com. Don't forget, if you uh, sign up for their service, you can use Truck Show, get a discount on that. We definitely want to check out the Onyx app. You can download it from the Google Play Store or from the Apple App Store. It works on your phone, whether you have cell service or not. It's got offline maps, all sorts of features. Check them out if you want to uh, go to the website, onyxmaps.com. All right. You and me have a date with a taco. Either that or uh, in and outs open for another hour. Uh, that's a tough one. 55 minutes, we can do it. You know what? Or in and out.
Taco or In-N-Out? You know, that one letter did say that we practice what we preached, and uh, I think we should preach uh, well done In-N-Out fries. For show, well done. I'm going Flying Dutchman. Oh, yeah. That sounds like the way you'd go. The Truck Show Podcast is a production of Motor Trend Group. This podcast was created and produced by Sean Holman and Jay Tillis with production elements by DJ Omar Khan. If you like what you've heard, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating. And if you're a fan of the Truck Show Podcast, we encourage you to visit and patronize our sponsors. We're now one of my uh, favorite places in Los Angeles, In-N-Out Burger. We don't have those in New York. In fact, every once in a while, somebody starts, some cruel person starts a rumor generally on a foodie website, that In-N-Out is coming to Brooklyn or to one of the boroughs. And everybody in New York goes like, goes insane. There are many, many forces at play with a properly made burger. You gotta have a decent bun, right, to start with. Bun selection, very important. You know, good quality meat. Non-limp, reasonably fresh greens and garnishes, also good. Cheese, you don't want fancy cheese. You don't want whatever that is. This cheese-like substance is just perfect. But notice it's two thin patties together, okay? Maximum surface area, therefore exposing the maximum areas of meat surface to the popples of the tongue. It's brilliant. This is like a ballistic missile. Perfectly designed protein delivery system. And I like mine animal style. And I'll tell you what that is, but I'd have to kill you. <laughs>